0: man is it that time already kick it whoa it's the greg carrasco show get this party on the road how fast can this light go whoa yeah celebrity guest from the east coast to the west who knows who he has next at greg carrasco trending twitter like a bomb tens of thousands on his lawn he's even followed by your mom Broadcasting live, here is your warning, the topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock, the guy knows wheels like a Dow stock, movie talk on the boardwalk, Shoot facts like a tomahawk, so entertaining, turn up the station, there's no more waiting, this show is beginning, it's too late to escape, let's go, here's your host, Greg.
1: Slackers, this is Slacker Nation Saturday morning. I hope that you already got yourself all comfortable and set up. I hope there is a coffee nearby and you're sipping back some of that uh, delicious yummy goodness. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show here, Canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend Ken Stapen here on TSN 1050. We are streaming the show live on uh, tsn.ca, or you can go to the iHeartRadio app. But more importantly, uh, I think it's important that you do this. You see, we I like to consume my media on my own time, you know, when I take uh, my little beast for a walk in the morning, um, you know, download the podcast, go to iTunes and click subscribe and uh, you can listen to us. No commercials, no interruptions, just straight up good content. Ken, good morning.
2: Good morning, Greg. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Very exciting show today. Lots of, lots of prominent guests coming on to build off a conversation we were having last week about women's growth in the automotive industry. So very excited to speak with everyone that we have on the docket today. You know, uh, for
1: all the uh, the first time listeners, this is my friend, uh, Ken Stapon here, who joins me every Saturday morning to talk to you about all sorts of different things about the car industry. And I can guarantee you, Ken, that um, every single one of the guests that are going to come on the show, they know more about cars than
2: I do. <laughs> they they are going to put me to
1: shame, shame on
2: you, Greg. Hey, that's, uh, but, that's uh, th- good though have a good conversation, and it just goes to show the, the amount of credibility that these people have in the industry and that there is opportunity there as long as you go through the proper channels and work hard at it, that anybody can be successful in this industry
1: and And we uh we were chuckling in the background, folks uh because there was a pretty you know uh, hefty lineup today with some really important people that are going to come on the show and uh, you can immediately determine that winning personality people calling in two hours ahead of time, making sure the systems are in place that the phone numbers are correct, that the systems are working, and boom, just you know keeping us on our toes, which is Fascinating. But before we go any further, we need to pay the bills. And uh, as you all know, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and in Oakville Infinity. It is the home. Of the no commission salespeople, and that is making people very, very, very uncomfortable. And uh, for the month of October, our uh, Nissan has um, Oakville Nissan has a special event going on. It's, uh, it's called the All In event. So if you purchase any vehicle that we have in inventory, and that's the caveat, it's gotta be in inventory. Inventories are getting tight around the country. So. During COVID, many plants had to shut down. So there was a shortage of vehicles out there in the marketplace. And it's important that you buy and, and you select vehicles that are in dealers' lots because um, there is no, uh, there's no guarantee that you're going to get the car. So if you buy any vehicle that we have in inventory at Oakville Nissan, we will throw in or we'll in, we will include with the purchase a set of snow tires and winter mats. This is on any vehicle that I have in inventory, folks. This is a crazy offer because you can also combine it with 0% financing up to 84 months in certain models models. and that you all know what that means. You don't have to pay interest. It's a pretty straightforward offer, but um, this is only at Oakville Nissan. Oakville Nissan right now, you buy anything in inventory, we'll throw in a set of snow tires, winter mats, and you can get zero percent financing up to 84 months in certain models. Or if you're looking at a full-size Boss SUV. You know the, that SUV, a uh, can that you flex, you know, whether it's a Cadillac Escalade or a Lincoln Navigator. Uh, the Infinity version of that is the QX80. If you don't know what that is, you better type it in your Google search and type in Infinity QX80. That is a boss car. And right now, which is a very limited time offer, on an 18 month lease, I'll repeat this this is an 18 month lease. You can get a 2020 QX80 for $599 semi-monthly with only $3,500 down. Now, that may sound like a lot to you, <laughs> but when you buy a vehicle like that, for that term, your monthly payments are usually
2: over $2,000. What do you think about that, Ken? <laughs> I mean, that's a little rich for my blood, Greg. 2000 <laughs> grand a month for a car, but this vehicle and at the price point that you're offering an Oakville Nissan or Oakville Infinity, rather is it's unbeatable when comparing it to other cars in the class and what you would be paying for a similar quality, either whether it's, you said, Mercedes or BMW or Audi. I mean, the price is unbeatable. It is. Uh, if you're looking for a full-size luxury SUV, you owe it
1: to yourself to come down to Oakville Infinity. Um, and without saying any, anything else, I, I want to send out a, a big shout-out to our district operations managers, both from Nissan and Infinity. Uh, my Nissan rep is Jennifer Long she is a rock star I repeat this Jennifer Long is a rock star Jennifer we couldn't have done what we did last month without your help uh, uh... Last month was a crazy busy month, uh, Ken, at Oakville Nissan. The entire Southern Ontario area is responding to what we're doing. And that makes me so happy because I am surrounded by a group of awesome people. And like I've always said, I am the least important person in the organization because all these people do all the work and they make me look so good. Thank you, you know, all, all the guys and girls at Oakville Nissan. You guys made it. But Jennifer Long, you are amazing. And on the infinity side... Uh, our district operation manager, uh, which we call them DOMS, his name is Atef Khan, and he is another upcoming rock star. You know, the support and the communication that he has with my Infinity Store is, is fascinating. And, uh, you know, the reality is this, uh, Ken, that Oakville is a very, very small area. It's a very small city. Um, You know, we only have about 90,000 people in the town of Oakville really that we can sell vehicles to. And in the car industry, we call that the PMA, which stands for primary market area. And the fact that Oakville Infinity is selling as many cars as we're selling is just a testament to the culture and the new ideology that we're putting forward in a luxury environment. You can buy the vehicles virtually online And, uh, you know, in in fact, this this show was inspired by Clarice Kovacs from Moto Insight that was here with us last week.
2: Uh, You know, you were pretty impressed with uh, Clarice last weekend, weren't you? I was. And to have the insights of someone who's accomplished all that Clarice has in the industry and really give us some insights about the struggles that a lot of women face trying to climb up the rungs of the automotive industry, a field that's obviously dominated by men. And that makes a lot of sense because there's just been, A, a lack of opportunity, and B, a lack of interest. So that's going to be a great conversation to have today with a number of our guests. And uh, Petrina, who we'll be having on shortly, can shine some insight onto, and we can build on that conversation that we were having last week moving forward, because I think this is an important discussion to have in 2020.
1: Well, I think that um, it is important to know the the following uh, information. Um, as much as the car industry is perceived by the general population as an as a male exclusive industry the that that idea i believe has been gone for a good 20 to 25 years Um, some of the most incredible automotive people that i have met happen to be women i the when Whenever you um, when you, when you talk about inclusivity, when you talk about competencies, and and you know, the reality is this, Ken. And uh, I know that I may get people bent out of shape with this. I don't like to look at at a member of my staff in any other way than as it pertains to the competence of the job that is at hand, and I don't care. Where you come from, we you know how you were born, what you associate yourself with. It doesn't matter to me at a, at a corporate level. I, I do believe that competence is the ultimate, uh, it's the ultimate equalizer. And from a competence level, uh, you know, some of the most amazing people that I've ever worked with have been women. And uh, I, I do believe that the, the car industry have received a really bad rap uh, for, you know, whether it was justifiable or not, 25, 30 years ago, maybe. But things are changing. Um, the, I, I believe that the, the progressiveness of the industry, the, the desire for us to, to change and uh, to provide the consumer with a different buying and selling experience, I think is, is, is having a huge impact on the, on the people makeup of each store. And uh, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, I can't remember who, who it was, but um, you know, I normally try not to hire anybody with experience. And uh, my my model has always been the same, that in an industry that refuses to change, inexperience was the only asset. So whenever you hire people that had never sold cars before, that had never really done anything within the industry – Bringing a new set of eyes, bringing a new set of ideas, bringing a new set of standards was the only thing that we could use that could make an actual difference in the way that dealerships and the car industry was being perceived in the marketplace. So when I was talking to Clarice last week, I mean, Moto Insight is, is arguably the, the, the largest um, digital retailing tool in Canada and perhaps even the world. Uh, this is a tool that you can find in, in uh, well, you in know, in all the progressive dealerships that are willing to sell you the vehicle online on their website, and you can physically buy the vehicle online and make the car appear on your driveway without any further complications. So when, when Clarice came here and gave us a, an actual uh, a lesson on <laughs> on 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 the people's mentality today on the on the proclivity of the marketplace right now to do business online or not it opened up a different sort of conversation. There are so many women in our industry that never get the credit, that never get the attention, that never get the spotlight that they deserve. Um, And I can tell you, folks, uh, that I have a line here, somebody whose resume is just, wow. Uh, Some of the things that she has done, uh, she works for the Globe and Mail and CTV, uh, as an automotive journalist, uh, she's been in Canada AM. She's been on CHTA, you know, CHCA's on BNN, Bloomberg. She's been on CP24. She's been in the car industry for almost almost 20 years, 17 years and counting. And her background is just journalism. But she somehow she has had the tendency to join the car industry and uh, started to change it from the inside by just talking about it. Welcome to the show, Petrina. This is Petrina Gentil, folks. Good morning. Hi. Huh?
0: Good morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I'm very well, thank you. You know, I am super happy. Thank you so much for taking your time out of a busy morning. I, I know you're a busy person. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to have you on the show, and when I heard that your name was, uh, you know, you were one of my guests this morning, I was super excited. Because <laughs> in, the, the reality is that, you know, the perception out there, uh, Petrina, is that, you know, the car business is a, is a guy business, and you have spent your entire career proving it otherwise. What, what made you get into the car industry and talking about cars in the way that you do?
0: You know what? I just fell into it by accident. Um, I didn't even know that automotive journalism was a career when I started. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did my master's of journalism at Carleton, and uh, I ended up doing an internship at CTV. Uh, where I was writing news uh, for uh, CTV, and then they launched uh, News Channel, which was Newsnet Mm -hmm. back then, uh, and worked there. And from there, I was recruited to go over to BNN to be a Chase producer. Back then, it was called ROB TV, and I met um, Michael Vaughn and Jeremy Cato, uh, Uh both of them are journalists, and uh, we decided to have uh, Jeremy on the show once a month, and it was a call-in show about automotive topics, and people went nuts over it. So the Mm -hmm. three of us got together. We pitched our own TV show to uh, CTV and to BNN, and they picked it up. It ran for 18 seasons. Um, and then the Globe and Mail came calling because we were all part of the same family back then. Uh, and they asked uh, all three of us to write for the drive section. So I did that while working full time. And I realized, you know, I used up all my vacation time for press launches. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up just quitting my job. And, and back then I knew nothing about automotive. Um, like you mentioned earlier, some of those, the best people are people that, you know, don't know anything about it when you get into it. Um, and a, I just It's a fresh I, set of I, eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I threw my heart and soul into it and learned every aspect of the business. Um, And I've been working for the Globe since then and and for CTV uh, since then. So it's been uh, quite an exciting ride. And I just I love the business. As you know, I mean, it is an exciting business, especially nowadays, where we see so much change coming forward with electric cars and with uh, autonomous vehicles. I think this is the best time to be in the industry.
1: You know, I, I I can when when I'm talking to you right now, I can I can sense the excitement, uh, you know, uh, that that is coming through the microphone when you are speaking about an industry that is so uh, dreaded by so many people. Um, mm-hmm. What, why do you feel that uh, the, the the public, by and large, has such negative perception of our industry when you, now that you've been submerged within our industry, know that some of the best people that you've met come from within it? Where do you think that this, this apprehension, this hesitation comes from? I-
0: still comes from the past, you know, the 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 old stereotypes that, you know, automotive um, is male-dominated. I mean, we're seeing changes, but there still needs to be a lot more changes, because when you look across the board, there is not one woman who runs a car company in Canada. Um, in the U.S., there's only two. I mean, it's Mary Barra and uh, Laura yes. Schwab from Austin Martin of the Americas. Um, and that's really disappointing because there aren't a lot of, of women in those high executive positions where you kind of mm-hmm. expect them. So I think that there's like a, a little bit still that perception that we need to overcome because there are some amazing leaders, you know, um, Maria Soklis from Coxode Automotive. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, uh, incredible women. Um, we just need to get more of them up in those higher ranking positions. We need to make it more comfortable. Inclusive. For people to walk. Yeah, exclusive. and not just for women, but like, in you know, all diversities as well. And I think the dealerships need to reflect that, you know, with the salespeople, you know, more women, more um, uh, ethnicities in there. And I, I just to make it a more comfortable atmosphere. But, uh, but it is changing, you know, I, but I think,
1: I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because yeah. this brings out a question that Ken asked last week, he yeah. said, and I'm going to paraphrase, him, is it about interest or is it about opportunity? What do you think it is? Because let me give you an example. I've been in the industry for about 27 years now, and um, every single position at any one of my stores has always been available to anyone that applies, male or female. It never Mm -hmm. really made any difference for me. But the interest that I received from uh, females coming into the industry was almost non existent. And that made it, you know, that perpetuated a problem. Now, now, would you agree with the following statement? So, this is a two part question um, that there are more women in the car industry today than there has ever been?
0: Yes, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, do you think that it's about interest or is it about opportunity?
0: It's about both, I think. Um, I think, you know, the opportunities are there, but sometimes women are a little bit more reluctant to apply to some of those positions. Um, I I read a stat that uh, for uh, different applications that are out there, um, a man will apply to a position if he has 60% of the qualifications. A woman Mm -hmm. will apply to to the same job if she has all of the qualifications. So women can be our worst enemy in, in in a sense because you know you're afraid to take that chance and apply to a job. Um, I, I think that there needs to be more interest, like education, to share that you know what it's not um, a greasy job all the time. You know you're not just looking at mechanics and and um, uh, nothing wrong with mechanics. Cars. Come on. No, I, no, no <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, but there's a perception, right? There's this oh yeah, for sure. It, it's a dirty job sometimes and. That's not the case the industry is changing and you look at um you know markham ctc with general motors uh working on the software and um it of the vehicles when you talk about autonomous vehicles and all the safety uh technology that's going in there so there are a lot of jobs out there also in um fni and yeah finance digital marketing yeah yeah there are a lot of other opportunities and i think there needs to be a little bit more education to to let women know that there are other opportunities there. And once you're in, I think the sky is the limit, really. Like there are so many opportunities at the dealership level and, you know, more higher levels as well, um, the OEMs. So I think that there are a lot of opportunities for women, but we need to kind of, you know, educate more about some of those opportunities that are out there.
1: You know, after seven years of, you know, you spend time with dealerships, with uh, OEMs, uh, with the industry by and large what What is it that you like most about it?
0: the Well, now the pace of change. Um, I think I, I absolutely love that. and the way things are um, shifting. And the change, um, you know, like I say, you know, it's not just about manufacturing now, but it's also about uh, developing these highly skilled computer experts that are working in automotive. Um, it's the technology that's so impressive. The electric vehicles, you know, you look at the Leaf Plus. That has a longer range. Um, mm-hmm. All of this, I find just so fascinating. Uh, the uh, autonomous technology that that's coming to the forefront. Uh, I think that is the most exciting thing now. When when I look at the auto industry, because it's been so stagnant for for quite some time. For such and a also, long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, not only that, but um, how the retail model is changing. You know, you were talking about people buying cars because of, you know, largely because of COVID-19, where, you know, it's difficult to test drive a vehicle, go into dealership, or may, you might feel uncomfortable doing so. But you can do that all online. You know, you have business models like Genesis, where um, that's the crux of their their industry, where you basically go and um, you can call somebody and they'll come to your house with the vehicle and you can test drive the, the vehicle uh, at your office. You can sign on the dotted line in the comfort of your own living room. Um, so I, I, it's really interesting to see that business model change as well
1: that's uh, it is fascinating and for those of you that are just tuning in on the show you are listening to the Greg Carrasco show here on TSN 1050 this is Canada's largest automotive radio show and with us this morning we have petrina gentile she is a freelance automotive journalist for the global mail and uh, she has been kind enough to join us today to, to give us a you know a bit of a perspective of what it is to have a, a woman working in the car industry and um, you know i i want you to put a pin on this because i want to really ask you questions in relation to what is it that you know? people like you and I can do to further the ed- education and awareness for women in Canada, for them to start considering the automotive industry as a career path. So we're going to take a small break, folks. You are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050. We're going to take a very, very, very small break, and we will be right back. And we're back. This is The Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050, Canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend Ken Stapen. And uh, joining us today is Petrina Gentile. She's a, a freelance automotive journalist from uh, the Global Mail. And, you know, Petrina, I, I did not realize how how much time we had actually used. This, this is crazy. I could talk to you for a long, long time. So, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, if you promise that you're going to join us at some point within the next, uh, you know, few weeks, for, for me to actually, you know, take a little bit of a deeper dive into what you do and, and how we can help women... Um, you know, join the car industry and consider uh, women as part of the uh, their career path. So, you know, I want to ask you one one last question before we mm-hmm. signed off. What yeah. advice would you give women right now that are thinking about the car industry as an unfriendly industry and that they don't want to join it because they don't know if they can make it? What would you say to a woman listening to the show?
0: Go for it. It is an exciting industry. It is a welcoming industry. There are so many opportunities at every level, uh, and it is someplace where you can really accelerate. So even if you have no automotive experience, like I say, when I started, I had nothing. Uh, you can learn it, and you can actually do very well financially, and um, and it's very rewarding as well to help other people that may be reluctant to, you know, go into a dealership or are scared to purchase their first car. It's wonderful to help them. So go for it, and don't. Uh, have any reservations about it, because you will love
1: it. That is Petrina Gentile, folks, uh, from the Global Mail. Petrina, thank you so much for taking time this morning and joining us here. Uh, you know, your words of wisdom will, you know, will resonate throughout the city, and I really thank you uh, for calling the show. We, I will call you after the show, so we, maybe we can set up another time in, week, in which sure. you and I can spend a little bit more time together. Thank you, Petrina much that was a lot of fun <laughs> thank you thank you you know ken that's uh you know that's that's how we start a show i think it's important that uh, when when we have the responsibility of of having the the listening ears of the population here in one of the largest marketplaces in the country uh which is you know southern ontario and ontario for that matter on top of that this this show is is heard across the country. People from Calgary, from Edmonton, from BC. You know, s- sometimes, you know, one day I, w- I walked into a car dealership again uh, in in Calgary, and somebody looked at me and said, "Is this Greg?" It's like. What, Uh, do do we know each other? He said, no, 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 I've been following your career for 20 years and it's like, what? How is this even possible? And the reality is that technology is bringing this show and the contents of the show across the country and I think that we resonate with a lot of progressive dealers. Now, I've always said that we are the biggest and best kept secret of the car industry because um, this show is not dedicated to compression ratios. It's not dedicated to brake pads and horsepower. It's not dedicated to zero to 60 performance. Indicators. Um that's not what this show is about. This show is about education. This show is about the philosophy of the car industry, this show is about the inclusivity of our industry. And I, I, I do believe that what we've done here is um is to take the lid off the, the, the car dealership pot for people to have an actual look in the inside. And uh, one of the only promises that we've ever made to the consumer and to the listener of the show is this. You can ask the question, and I promise you that I will tell you the truth whether you like it or not. Because this show is not about your feelings, we know, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I don't particularly care. It's about the integrity and the transparency of the message. And that's what we're trying to do. What do you think of that first segment, Ken?
2: <laughs> the... I thought that Petrina was excellent. I thought it was great insight. I mean, obviously very enthusiastic about the industry, about the way that she came into it. I think it was very organic from the sounds of it. Not a whole lot of experience in automotive before she got into it, but just came by it organically. Now, one thing I would say is that we do know that less than 10% of executives in the top 20 motor vehicle and parts companies in the Fortune 500 were women. So there's still a lot of work to do. But when you hear the perspective of someone like Petrina, who didn't have the relevant experience coming into the industry and is so passionate about it and so, so positive about the opportunities and the growth available to everybody in the industry based off hard work, merit, and talent, I think that's a real positive moving forward. There's still a lot of work to do, but it seems like we're moving in the right direction. The uh, I, I think
1: that we we were discussing this a little bit um, before on the on the previous segment that. A lot of it has to do with the interest. Um, I, and, and one of the things that we're trying to do here is to to break on those taboos and and to prove to uh, with with empirical data that it is possible for a woman to make it in the car industry. Now, like I said before, is it perfect? No, nothing ever is. But the reality is is that I. I'm not really for the equality of outcome. I don't, I don't seek a 50-50% because that, that's unnatural. What I seek is an equality of opportunity for, in which every woman feels that they have a, the right shot of the title. And that's ultimately what we want out of the car industry. And uh, on, from that perspective, uh, we have put together a lineup here that is just going to blow your mind. My next guest is, uh, is the vice president and general manager of a bunch of companies, and her name is Carly Fraser. Carly, thank you for joining the show. How are you? Great, Greg. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. You know, I decided to not say the names of your dealership because I'm going to let it come out of your mouth. There are so many in here. That <laughs> it's, it's a mouthful. Can you tell the world uh, the, the places that you actually preside?
3: So our automotive group is the Fraser Automotive Group, we mm-hmm. have two Ford dealerships, Fraser Ford in Oshawa, Fraser Ford in Coburg, and Fraser Chrysler in, in Oshawa. Uh-huh. And we have multiple Carstar franchises that are body shops in uh, Oshawa, Clarington, and in
1: Coburg. How did you get started? Because, I mean, this is a pretty senior, powerful position within the car industry. I mean, there, you know, many people don't understand that the, our industry now has been fragmented by uh, car manufacturers, you know, providing sections of the, uh, of the uh, geo, from a geographical aspect to dealer groups. And dealer groups are buying out all the smaller dealerships. So you are the head of an actual dealer group. How did you get started? Well, I
3: had the the fortunate uh, opportunity to um, have uh, my father uh, Mm -hmm. start one of our dealerships, Fraser Ford, in Oshawa, and once I graduated from university, I started in the organization working my way up, and uh, it seems like it was a blink of an eye, but 25 years has passed, and um, realized the opportunities that were available, and as such, uh, eventually... Had the opportunity to buy into the organization, and uh, we are where we are today because of a lot of hard work, and our team is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the opportunities that are available. Uh, in the
1: car business, right? Now, which path did you take? Did you take the fixed operation path or the variable path? Because, uh, you know, you often get VPs and general managers that take completely different paths. And and for the listener, uh, right now you're listening to the Greg Carrasco show here on TSN 1050, which is Canada's largest automotive radio show. And with me is Carly Fraser. She is the vice president and general manager of the Fraser Group of Companies in Oshawa. You know, which path did you take? Did you take the service department or the sales department side?
3: I started in variable ops, uh, yeah. which for some of the listeners might not realize that that's the sales end of the business and worked through that in different sales roles, leasing, finance manager and so on, and then went to the NADA a mm-hmm. dealer academy partway through and worked in uh, fixed ops for about a year and a half, two years, and then moved my way back into a sales management role. And onward and onward until uh, until now, as vice president and general manager of our entire group.
1: That's a, that's you know kudos to you. That, that's that's a, a very very important position. That is a very difficult position. I hold the same, and I know how how challenging that can be. Now, how important do you think it was for you to go to the NADA? Because I'm, I am also an NADA grad, and you and I know how difficult that was. How important do you think that that became in your career?
3: I think it's an excellent opportunity for any candidate to have the ability to understand each facet of the organization and realize that the backbone of the organization, which you probably learned from your uh, NADA professor, not to call it the back end, it was the backbone of the the business is the fixed operations. And and the importance of making sure that every team member, you facilitated a, a, a circle of knowledge that everyone needed to work together in order to be successful. Sales couldn't do what they did if they didn't have a strong back end or backbone. I should correct myself right there. The (laughs) backbone to be able to make sure that our clients felt valued all the way through their cycle of, of having their car, right?
1: That is so. th- that is absolutely correct. Now, question for you as 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 a as a woman in the car industry, what do you think that was your biggest challenge? You know, going through the corporate ladder.
3: Sometimes I think as as a female, we tend to try and get in our own way of thinking why people aren't going to think we're good enough for a business. Um, I, I love um, my gender. I think we we often take a back place to. Um, the males in an automotive industry because we think oh geez maybe I don't know enough about that vehicle maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna sound silly or so on and you quickly realize that you're getting in your own way no one is born with this inherent knowledge of of how a business works or how a car works or how anything it's taught to you so if you have a general um, and genuine interest in, in doing well and having greater knowledge it, it, it's no different than getting into any other industry. Yes, you are surrounded by a lot more males, but, I mean, th- that's a wonderful opportunity to have a different perspective of how to get to your goal.
1: Right? The, uh, I think that it's, it's a very interesting that, uh, distinction that you just made here. Uh, I think that often, and even individually, we confuse confidence with competence and uh, I think that many people fake confidence in order for them to achieve their goal and uh, I think that you know many people second get themselves in mm-hmm. their abilities to get the job done do you feel that that's, that's something that happened to you in the process
3: at, at certain areas it became a little bit of, uh, of a juxt- juxtaposition for me right I, mm-hmm. I, I'm a confident individual and yet I found myself being um um, a little bit nervous going into the NADA and thinking, what if I don't, what if I sound stupid? What if I sound stupid with my questions? What if I, um, you know, don't know as much as the counterparts that might be there? Because you walk into a room and you're maybe one of three women in a room of, you know, 30 class. And then it turns out you're you're really all in the exact same position, position. yeah. But... It, you I mean, you know, men tend to have a little bit more bravado in, in, in how they present themselves in, in many uh, situations. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, don't get confused with the bravado from the actual intelligence that can be brought, right? And the competence.
1: Absolutely folks, if you just tuning into the show, you're listening to Greg Carrasco's show here on T S N ten fifty. This is Canada's largest automotive radio show, and with me is a very, very special guest. Her name is Carly Frazier, and she is the vice president and general manager of Fraser Ford in Oshawa and Coburg, Fraser Chrysler, Fraser Carstar, Clarington Carstar, and Coburt Carstar. You know, this is this is a pretty important person that we have here on the show. And what we're trying to do today is essentially just to, you know, to crack to to crack the surface and to the possibilities that women may have in an industry that is often thought of as male dominated. Now, you know, we only have a couple of minutes left in this segment. And here is a question that I want to ask you, Carly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you, if you were to address women that are listening to the show, because we have almost 50% of the people that listen to me are, are, are women. Um, what would you say to someone that is, uh, you know, romanticizing or flirting with the idea of getting into the car industry?
3: There are so many wonderful opportunities in this industry that are often overlooked by females. It's not just a sales or technician type position. If you have customer service skills, the the amount that you can bring to the automotive industry is exponential. Um, IT, web design, accounting, knowledge can be grown when it comes to the actual physical product we sell or Mm -hmm. service. Or fix when you're talking about the body shop, but it's ever changing and so multifaceted. Women are compassionate, and that makes our customers feel very valued. Um, and women are naturally multitaskers and have the ability to be able to take on a lot more things. That's not to put down any of my male counterparts at all, mm-hmm. but the possibilities to earn in this industry, regardless of your gender, is unlimited. And there are, I can speak to this personally, there are no glass ceilings in the automotive industry. When you're getting into a a dealer group or anything like that, you put in the effort, you will be rewarded.
1: Carly, thank you so much for joining the Carrasco Show this morning. Folks, this is Carly Fraser, everybody. She's the Vice President and General Manager of the Fraser Group of Companies in Oshawa and Cobra. Carly, thank you so much, and you have an open invitation to the Carrasco Show. If at any point you have a special event going on and you want to put it out into the, in, into the world, you are welcome to call the show anytime, and thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Thanks for having me, Greg.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Let's take a small break, Ken. And uh, man, that was intense. I'm loving this. This is the Gregor Asker Show here with my friend Ken Stapen on TSN 1050, Canada's largest automotive radio show. We'll be right back. And we're back. If you just tuned in, you are listening to the Gregor Asker Show here on TSN 1050, Canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend Ken Stapen. And, uh, you know, Ken, we are, you know, we, we, we're, we're chewing on the bone today, man. We are dissecting what's happening. And, um, you know, Clarice Kovacs last week opened up the uh, Pandora's box for us to dissect the, the roles of uh, powerful females and powerful women in our industry that are not very often, um, you know, talked about. Um, do you think that we are, we're,
2: you know, we're getting the point across this morning, Ken? I think that we are getting the point across in large parts due to the large number of guests that we have, very prominent females who have been very successful in the automotive industry. We actually just had a call from a listener, Rocky, who was bringing up how important it is that there are women in executive positions. And he mentioned Mary Barra, who is the CEO of GM in the U.S. Uh, Rocky, we totally agree with you. I think the goal of this, though, is to understand that there has to be more opportunities. and We want to see more growth. Only 10% of the executives in the top 20 automotive companies in North America are women. So we'd like to see that number grow. We're definitely making the right steps moving forward, and we've seen a lot of positive change. But there are opportunities there, and we just want to see it to be a more diverse network where people are getting the opportunities based on the requisite skills and talent rather than just not pursuing the opportunity because they don't think that they're there you know and speaking of
1: people that have been on the zone for a very very long time and are totally crushing it in the car industry we have christy fines on the line christy good morning Thank you for you? having me. Oh, you know, this is awesome. I, um, I, I'll share with everyone that just, um, that's just tuning into the show. Um, Christy Fiennes is the, uh, is the platform general manager of 400 Chrysler and Barry Chrysler, and uh, she's been in the industry for about 17 years. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for joining the show this morning, and I hope that you've been listening to the, the, the previous guests that we've had. You know, what are your thoughts so far on, on, on what's happening with the female presence in the car industry?
4: Well, I think it's a really exciting, um, it's a really exciting time. I know when I walk through um, my two dealerships and I look around, I have females in every single department, um, and that's amazing. And like uh, Carly was saying before, the ceiling is endless in this industry. And I think a lot of people, when they look at the automotive industry, look at just the dealership side, but there's so much that branches out from that. And the opportunities, even with that, you um, you know, your talent and determination can take you wherever you want to go.
1: How, how did you come across this? I mean, how did you get involved with the car industry? So it's not something that happens by accident. Did it happen to you? Uh,
4: it was totally by fluke. Um, I had graduated from high school and needed a summer job and came across an ad in the newspaper for a detailer. Um, and I thought, amazing. Hey, that, that sounds like a fun <laughs> job, right? It's in the sun. I'm outside. It's physical. You know, um, Monday to Friday. I thought this will be a you know a great experience for me. Something an industry I'd never even thought about. And I fell in love with the car business, and I haven't stopped since.
1: That's, that's unbelievable. And you worked your way all the way up from a car detailer to the vice of, you know, to the general manager of an actual dealer platform. That is fascinating. Now, what was your next job from uh, detailing? What did, where did you progress? So I,
4: I've, I've truthfully, I've done a bit of everything. Um, mm-hmm. Detailing, I, you know, from there, I, you know, reception from there, I kind of thought, you know, I like the service side. Um, and did you know, shuttling vehicles and parts, and helping in with parts inventory, and greeting customers, and working in a service drive-through, um, and then from there, I kind of just fell into sales and thought, you know what, I'd like to sell cars, um, and got a taste for sales, and then I really thought that F and I was where I wanted to go, and I spent most of my time in the F and I department, um, absolutely loved that, and then moved into sales management, and up from there, and I truly believe it's the teams that make the difference and make the job fun every day
1: question for you where if you can if you can explain to the listener um the amount of income opportunity that awaits people that join the car industry what would you have to say to them
4: well it's six figures um and for those who are talented and determined and really want to work hard um it's easily attainable in your first year
1: that's, that's, that's unbelievable, and the number of you know a very common question that i that I hear when i 'm hiring someone you know what is the person that makes the least you know that never I never cared about those things because i you know I never really looked at the bottom. My question was is that is there a cap and there is no cap. Look at you! You know, you have just you know hit it out of the park. And at what point did you make this a conscious decision that this is my career? This is not just a stepping stone job until I get a real job. When when did that come clear to you?
4: I think so. Um, I think when I was in the sales department, um, and I really loved meeting customers, right? And I always say we're in the solutions business. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to meet people and hear their stories and, you know, what intrigued you about that vehicle. And then further from that, what intrigued you about our dealership? And what made you come here today when there's so many other options out there? Um, and then from there, growing in, you know, growing into F&I, and I really love the credit side of it um, and getting that going. And then the sales management side and seeing people succeed and achieving their goals and you know our sales meeting this morning was about goal setting and gratitude and what are we all grateful for and what are our goals for the next quarter and what do we hope to achieve and when I'm going around the room to the sales teams and some of them are reading their goals that we set months ago and they've achieved those that's the best feeling in the world.
1: The sense of accomplishment is, is you know, is parallel to none. And, and this is something, a conversation that I was having with a friend of mine this morning, that our, our our games are played on a monthly basis. But if you really want to break it down, you can literally just, you know, make plans on a weekly basis and, and measure yourself against a former version of yourself in which you can prove that you are improving every single week. And it's fascinating. Now, as, as a woman in the car industry, what do you think that was your biggest challenge going through that corporate setting?
4: Um. So truthfully, I've been blessed to have some amazing mentors. Um, so I haven't seen a whole lot of, um, you know, I think people are surprised maybe when they ask for the general manager and I come out, but I haven't encountered maybe the, um, the typical stereotypes in the industry. I've been pretty lucky to be surrounded by some amazing people that have helped me along the way and mentored me and coached me in the areas that I need. So I've been, um, I've been super lucky like that.
1: That's, that's fascinating because I don't think that we, as a society, p- we put enough emphasis on the values of good mentors. Uh, good mentors are worth you know, their weight in gold, and often they're more valuable than formal education. Uh, a mentor can really open the path to success and eliminate all the uh, you know, unforeseen obstacles that you never knew you were going to encounter. I certainly had some mentors that you know, propel me to where I am today, and if it wasn't for their contribution to my career— there was no way that i could have made it so you know if you if you had the audience of you know Thousands of people as you have right now, Christy, because this, you know, folks, if you're just tuning into the show, you're listening to Christy Fine. She's the platform general manager at Barry, uh, Barry Chrysler and 400 Chrysler. And, uh, you know, she, she's a woman in the industry that has just killed it for the last 17 years. And if you, if you had the audience of an, a nation and every woman that's listening to the show uh, could hear you speak, what would be the message if they're thinking about joining the car industry today?
4: I would say go for your dreams, um, and if there's a position that interests you, um, go for it and make it happen. And you know, spend those hours learning and studying and understanding your craft, and you'll succeed.
1: The is there a limit to the the, the heights that you can reach when you join the car industry?
4: I don't think so. I, I think you can go as far as far as you want and as hard as you want to work, you'll get there.
1: What is your next step?
4: Um, that's a great question um, you know managing partner um, is something that if you know it's it's been announced and that's something that um, has always been my dream and, and from there I'm very involved in our community and we're very blessed that we have an amazing community in the Barry Innisfil area we get mm-hmm. involved we do a lot of um, drives for back to school supplies for you know kids in the area and you know Christmas food drives and all of these things so For me, too, as my career progresses, um, I want to continue that because I really believe that as the community supports us, it's really important that we give back and support the community.
1: Christy, I, on behalf of the entire listenership of The Carrasco Show and we reach the nation, everyone is listening to you right now. The podcast is downloaded all across the country and the United States. I, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your crazy busy morning and joining The Carrasco Show here and I want to extend an open invitation so if you ever want to push forward any special events, anything that you need to do and you want to get it out into the world, you know, feel free to call The Carrasco Show and we are going to have an open and willing platform to support Whatever you're doing, Christy, thank you so much for calling the show. I really appreciate that you came here, and once again, uh, you have an open invitation to come on the show.
4: Awesome! Thanks so much, and and thank you guys for doing this and uh, bringing more women out in the industry.
1: Let's let's keep at it. Uh, we have a show that is packed with more guests that are going to talk to you about the you know the the the, the beauty. But also about the challenges, the trials, the tribulations that that women have growing up or joining the car industry, which you know, in in many instances, is is a matter of chance. I I certainly didn't intend to work in the car industry. <laughs> I um I don't know. It was, you know, trying to sell cars when you can barely speak English is is a, is not a good combination. But uh, you know, trying to find better ways to communicate was always something that I. Uh, that I thrived
2: on, and that interests me a lot more. And uh, what do you think about what we've done so far on the show, Ken? Well, I think it's interesting. There's been one common theme, and that's been that I don't think a lot of these women necessarily thought that they were going to end up In a career in the car industry, I mean, they didn't necessarily have a a huge interest, just sort of they fell into the job and just sort of were like, oh, yeah. Like, for example, with Christy, it was just a summer job for her, detailing cars. She liked it. She thought it would be fun to be out in the sun, just doing the physical stuff, like all that sort of things. And then she parlays that into a career where she's extremely happy in the automotive industry. So I think that speaks to the fact that there are opportunities and that it can be a very engaging profession if – there's interest shown and if people apply for the jobs there is opportunity and room for growth and that just throw your hat in the ring what do you have to lose Give it a shot, man. I, I bet on yourself. Just do it. But uh, before we break on the
1: uh, at the at the top of the hour, f- folks, don't forget this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. And you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050, Canada's largest automotive radio show. With my friend Ken Stapen. and uh, we have a lineup that is just gonna blow your mind today. We're trying to crack you know the, the surface when it comes to the inclusion of women in the country industry and there is a lot more to come on the Carrasco show stay tuned we'll be right back and we are back you are listening to the Greg Carrasco show Canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend Ken Stapen here and today we've decided to tackle on the dissection of women in the car industry and we have had a tremendous a tremendous lineup uh, I, I'm so so grateful uh, to to the help of putting the show together, and uh, I want to send a special shout out to Brenda Tijani, the manager of member services from the TADA, and uh, my very good friend and uh, slacker number three, Todd Burjohn, that uh, allowed uh, you know this to happen. I mean, you know, we, we talked about it last week and said you know this is this would be great, and um, we talked about it in in this show is is now is rolling now. This is this is fascinating to hear of all these women that um, have gone from uh, you know completely unexpected backgrounds into into managing uh, managing partners, into dealer principals, into general managers of dealer groups across southern Ontario. And, and those are positions that you never think are held by women. And uh, uh, today, what we wanted to do was to debunk the idea, to debunk the myth that the, the car industry is male-dominated. Are there more males and females within it yes of course but it's not because of lack of opportunity and we wanted to make particularly clear this morning that if you are a woman and you are considering a career change if you if you want to try something new if you have any sort of accounting finance sales marketing digital uh, mechanical background it doesn't matter what that is there are so many different facets of a car dealership, that there will be a spot for you regardless of what that is. And I can tell you, based on personal experience, there are no ceilings. We have another guest on the line. Her name is Francine Floriani. Francine, are you there?
5: I'm here. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Hi, Francine. How are you?
5: I'm fantastic. Thank you. And thank you for having me on,
1: uh, on your show. You know is uh i when I heard of your background i i couldn 't help but chuckle because uh you know often we um we we don't really realize the diverse backgrounds that people have before they jump into the industry that becomes their their livelihood it becomes their love it becomes their career can you can you tell the listenership number 1 what you do for a living because it's fascinating and also where you were working before this opportunity of working at a car dealership happened
5: sure okay so i uh I live in Sault Ste. Marie, um, which is in northern Ontario, Mm -hmm. and uh, I own and run the Honda dealership called Great Lakes Honda, and I've had that opportunity since uh, 2010. So in 2010, my husband's an orthodontist, and I ran his orthodontic practice for about 20 years. Uh-huh. And uh, very successful practice. Um, and so this opportunity came up that this dealership was for sale. So my husband said, you know, I'm going to go in with a partner and we're going to buy this uh, dealership. I'm still going to continue my day job. I'm not going to give up doing, you know, orthodontics. Orthodontics, yeah? Yeah, he does braces. So he mm-hmm. said, uh, but he said, you know, um, I'll get a partner and he'll run that part. I'll be the silent partner. So I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. It was a uh, it, it was a great opportunity because the Honda store was um, not well managed, so this mm-hmm. was a great thing to kind of turn around. So we we bought it, and then after oh, about ten or fifteen months, um, the, the the managing partner was not he was struggling, and it wasn't going very well. It wasn't going the way that we wanted it to be it mm-hmm. to be run, and of course, being in you know customer service, this was a big thing for us. So. My husband said, OK, well, let's buy him out and, you know, let's let's think about who would be running it. And uh, I said, well, why don't I run it?
1: That's amazing. amazing. What
5: do you know about cars? I don't know anything about cars, but I know how to how to run a business. I know how to manage people. I mm-hmm. know I know great customer service. And this is if this is what we're going to be doing, then I said, let me let me have a shot at it. So wow. we called Honda to Canada, and they said, "Wow, like she doesn't know anything about this." And I, he said, "No, but you know this is what we what we can do with it." So they uh, considered it. I attended the NADA, uh-huh. um, and uh, you know I, I did the course. Uh, it almost takes a, you know almost a year to complete it. It does. And during it that does. time, I got really comfortable with uh, the the team there, and then uh, we grew the business. I mean, when we, when I started, there was seventeen people. Now we're up to forty five. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I just have never looked back. It's just been one of those things, that, and I tell people, I said I'm still in the smile business. I said because in the when we were doing orthodontics, we were you know we were providing great you know beautiful smiles, and now we still have smiles because people are so happy when they buy their vehicle, and they say, you know, this was such a great experience for us. We're very happy with our purchase, and we're going to tell more people, and that's how we've grown, you know, over the years. So it's it's fantastic.
1: If you are just tuning into the show, this is the Greg Carrasso Show here on TSN 1050, and this is Canada's largest automotive radio show. And right now, with us, we have Francine Floriani. She, she is the dealer principal and general manager of Great Lakes Honda in and Susan uh, Marie. And you know, a mere ten years ago, she was working at a orthodontics office. You know, I as, as you. Telling your story, Francine, uh, I couldn't help but you know just feel so uh, you know slightly emotional in the sense that you know the amount (laughs) of courage. No, honestly, I mean you know how courageous you need to be to jump into the seat of running a car dealership because I I've been doing this for a long time now and I know how daunting it can be. So for you to even jump into it, it required a a tremendous amount of courage. Now. a very little known fact is that when when I attended the NADA, the statistic was this: that only two percent of Canadian general managers had an actual NADA certification, and yes. uh, many people don't know what that is. Can you uh-huh. explain the listeners what the NADA certification is?
5: Sure. So it's basically a program designed to um, educate future. Uh, dealers, or general managers who have aspirations of actually, you know, running a store, a dealership, or owning one. And Mm -hmm. typically, um, if you've grown up in the car business, you know, you would start off if your parents own one, then there's a good possibility that the uh, OEM would encourage you to attend the NADA. At the time when I did it, uh, Georgian College was didn't have their program and, and I was right. strongly in which year did you go to well because it's fantastic. But at the time when I went, uh the Georgian College didn't have their program. And so Which recently, year was this, it,
1: uh Francine, sorry. Yeah, which year I'm did you sure. attend to?
5: I, I went to the N A D A. Yeah, which year? Oh, uh twenty twenty eleven, twenty twelve.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, carry on with the explanation. Yeah.
5: So um At the time, uh, and I I think what what you're asking me is what the program's all about, and it's basically uh, like a mentorship and and an education where you attend the the NADA University, you learn um, a lot about each uh, facet of the automobile (laughs) business and uh it's fantastic the the professors are wonderful you get um to meet tons of people from all over the world there was a guy in my class that was from chile and he came from a, his family owned uh, a lot of dealerships so he was there as well um, so there's just and you get you get to meet wonderful people and you all share the same you know the same passion but you all come from different backgrounds but now,
1: it, did you wonderful so- Sorry to interrupt you. Did you at any point during your desire to join an industry that is was new to you and uh, yeah. with a system that you had never worked before, did you ever feel uncomfortable or that the, the, the system was unfriendly to you simply because you were a woman?
5: Um. You know, in Sault Ste. Marie, it's a kind of a blue-collar town. So um, typically, you know, there were never any female dealers. So going into this, I was uh, a new kid on the block and certainly not having any car experience. I, I felt like I was uh, a little bit of the underdog. But uh, you know what? As you start to work with people and, you know, I've got a great team, um, I felt that I had what I needed to succeed because without people, we know that, any any business doesn't work. You need to have really good people working for you, and I felt that that uh, I didn't have any uh, drawbacks that way. And in in uh, when I was at the NEA, NADA, there were a lot of women, and I was I was actually I felt very comfortable there. And uh, it's funny because I remember walking into the first class, and we all had to introduce ourselves, and um, and everybody had like you know, five years experience, 10 years experience, <laughs> yeah, know, 20 I years know. experience. And I'm like, and they said, well, how many years experience? I said, I have none. And they're Zero. like, wow. Like, <laughs> and I'll tell you, the learning curve is steep, but you know what? It, it, it is a fascinating and wonderful field and I would encourage women who even don't have any experience to to try it. If you have any, like you introduced the the whole subject. If you have accounting background, you have some mechanical background, uh, you have customer experience. I mean, what better what better uh, field to go
1: into? What better career, right? It is, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating the, 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 the different aspects of a car dealership that are simply not known by the general population and uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, Francine, because you were new, you were coming with fresh eyes and yeah. uh, you were looking at an industry that, you know, has refused to change for so long. You know, uh-huh. What were some of the first changes that you implemented at your store that makes your store so special? Because after talking to Todd, uh, your store is very, very special. So what what are some of the things that you did right away that made a material impact on the way that your store was perceived?
5: Uh, well, first of all, we had to create a brand for ourselves. So I uh, took on, um, just because the Savory is not that big, I mean 80,000 people, mm-hmm. um, I started advertising on the radio. And so we created a, a brand for ourselves in that mm-hmm. I was run by a woman if you didn't feel comfortable um, dealing with, um, you know, a male-dominated industry, this was the place to come. Uh, I wanted to make it different. I wanted to make it so that it was very um, open and there was nothing to hide. We were very transparent. That was not, like, 10 years ago, that was kind of all new lingo. Nobody really talked about transparency. It was like you sat in an office and you closed the door and you, you hammered down the deal. Well, we're, we were so- different. It was like, okay, let's sit down, let's have a coffee, let's talk about what your needs are. We had uh, open open concepts. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was not common, you know, 10 years ago. So we just took it very differently. And then uh, one of the first things I did is I got rid of the newspaper. I said, we're, we're not advertising on newspaper. <laughs> we're kind of the first ones <laughs> to, to, uh, to do uh, social media and uh, just started doing a few things on, on Google Ads. I mean, now mm-hmm. this is the typical thing, but 10 years ago, it wasn't, wasn't that common.
1: Right? It wasn't that common. When and I'm sure that you didn't make a lot of friends in the process
5: have lots of followers, you know, so we started doing that. And then other dealers started catching on. But I think it was just the industry was ready for the change as well.
1: Now, you know, as a as a as a female dealer principal, do you find that you can relate to your staff in a different way? Do you do you do you find that the reception that you get from your people and from the community by and large is is something that that you uh, that you feel comfortable with? What what do you think to have been your biggest challenges so far in your career because I mean, you know, 10 years From an orthodontic office to a dealer principal is not a long time. Um, What are your thoughts on that?
5: Um, I would have to say that, you know, I think that I I, I did hire younger people who were receptive to change, and I think that's what you have to kind of like, you have to bring that home to people is that, yes, there are some older um, team members that can flourish, um, but if they're not accepting of change and how things are going to um, make an impact in your business, then they're on the wrong bus. You have to get people that are, um, are are with you, have the same values. And that was another thing, too, is developing your values and your mission statement and making it clear to people that we are going to be different. Um, and if you're not... With this, with us, then you got to get off the bus, basically, or we got to change your position. You know, if and if those were all kind of the lingo that I, you know, also learned at the NADA is that you know we we often compared uh, that analogy of, of people on the bus and on the wrong seat and mm-hmm. you can change them. One of my favorite uh, uh, quotes from one of my professors uh, was um, with when it comes to people, you train, you retrain, and then or you replace. And I thought, you know, wow, what a, what a great thing. So that still sticks with me because often, you know, you, you hire somebody and they, they might not be great at this, but you try them somewhere else or you retrain them. And if it doesn't work out, you know what? This isn't cut okay. out for you. Let's get somebody that's excited and, and is willing to take on the challenge, right? So,
1: yeah. You know, I, I with the way that I run my store, I, I try to look at it from a relocation or redirection of their career i never really yeah, replace them yeah. because the truth is this just because you like an industry or just because you think that you can do a good job it doesn't by proxy it doesn't necessarily mean that you are good at it and uh, and and sometimes it's is, is not the, the plant itself, it's the soil. And if the soil of a guardianship yes. is not the right soil, then you, you owe it to your staff to redirect their career yes. choices into other things. And, and and those are tough decisions. And, I, you know, I got to tell you from a personal experience that, uh, you know, relocating, <laughs> uh, you know, some of the members of your staff that become friends that become, you know, close. I mean, this is a family that we work. We see them more than we see our kids. So yeah. to, to relocate one of those people is, is by far the most difficult thing that I need to do as a, as a general manager or vice president of a company. Do you feel the same way?
5: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes it's, it's, if that's not the, the fun part of our job, but I think that when they find the right seat on the bus, I think that they're happier and you get more production and you get um, a happier employee in the end. And, you know, happy employees produce more, they're, they're, they're they you know, they take care of our customers, um, all those things. Right. So, yeah, you know,
1: it's, it's, it's fascinating how how strange of a concept that is that, you know, happy employees are more productive period. And uh, yes. if you don't look after your employees, and you are not in a constant state of making their life a little easier, you cannot uh-huh. expect for them to do the same to their customers. So essentially, yeah. the, your employees are just a reflect. The way you treat your employees are just a reflection of the way that they will treat your own customers. And, and that that is a common thing that is a miss in the car industry. Now, if you were talking to women that are thinking yes. about joining our industry, uh-huh. what would be your message, Francine? My message
5: would be um, and it's funny because I, the local Chamber of Commerce asked me to, to talk about exactly this a couple of years ago. And I, I said, I would encourage women to, be, to have the same mantra as um, Nike. Just do it. If, if, it's, if it's something that's always been in the back of your mind, you know, what a, should I try this? Should I, should I maybe look at being a service advisor? Should I look at accounting? Should I look at selling cars? I mean, there's so many things that we can, we can um, do so well as women in, in the auto industry. I say just do it. If you're thinking about it, do it and, and try it. it. You're not going to lose. You know, it's, 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 it's such a great, great uh, career.
1: That those are words of wisdom, right there, by Francine Floriani, who is the <laughs> dealer principal and general manager of the Great Lakes Honda and Susan Marie. Um, just like I mentioned to every one of my guests today on the show, uh, Francine, the uh, you have an open invitation here on the show. The show is heard across the country, and uh, you know the the podcast version of it is available on iTunes, so you can just subscribe and hear it every week. And what we try to do is just to bring some common sense and transparency into an industry that has been so obscure for so many years and uh, mm-hmm. there, there are no taboo topics on the show. And the fact that you took time out of a crazy morning, because as a dealer principal, I can only imagine how many things you have to do on a regular <laughs> basis. I, I had to thank you. And, and also, you know, kudos to you because uh, you took a leap of faith in this you jumped into an industry that you didn't know, know anything about and you just crushed it you are now the dealer principal of a Honda franchise which is arguably some of the most valuable franchises on the planet and uh, you know that wouldn't have happened if you didn't say to yourself your own uh, slogan just do it <laughs> you know you, you just did yeah. it so you are the living walk proof that when you just when you feel it and you think that you can just just you just have to do it. Nothing bad will happen if you have the conviction that you can get the job done. Would you agree with that?
5: Uh, totally, yes. And and also, I think, you know, as, like you said, and sometimes I have to give my head a shake. is like, what was I thinking of? But <laughs> it, was, it was a leap of faith. And I look back and I think, you know what? I, would I do it differently? No. And am I in, an inspiration to some young women? Yes, I am, because a lot of them, you know, they'll apply and I'll, and I'll, during the interview, I'll say, well, why did you choose to apply here? Oh, because I want to work for you, because um, I feel that if I can make a difference for women. I'm like, wow, that's good.
1: That's good. That is, it, that it, is you know, amazing.
6: Yeah, preach what you you want, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) Francine.
6: You've got to walk the talk, too. (laughs) Hello, I'm uh, a guest on the Greg Krasko show coming up. (laughs)
1: There you go. We have our next guest on the line. Francine, thank you so much for calling the show. And, uh, you know, again, you you can call us anytime. If at any point you want to say anything that you want to, you know, carry out as a general message, just call us and we'll look after you here. Thank you once again for joining us. And I hope you have an amazing weekend.
5: And likewise to you. And thank you uh, for allowing me to, to be part of this today.
1: That's, that's amazing. Thank you. All right. Uh, that, thank you. Thank you. Francine Floriani, she's the dealer principal and general manager of Great Lakes Honda and Susan Marie. That, you know, that was, that was inspiring, Ken, um, you know, from an uh, orthodontist office to dealer principal of a Honda franchise. That, uh, that was fascinating. And, and, you know, I'll share something with you folks that... Uh, After running car dealerships for quite a few years, uh, I was fortunate enough to be sent to the NADA by by my boss at the time, uh, Peter Herman at 401 Dixon Nissan. And uh, the the NADA is, um, is an executive MBA program that is automotive centric. Um, you know, it costs just as much money as, a, as an executive MBA. And uh, the uh, the requirements, the, the workload that comes along with it is absolutely uh, paralyzing. Uh, I took it back in 2008. And um, at the time, like I, I was sharing with Francine, uh, only 2% of all the general managers in Canada had this degree, and not everyone passes. <laughs> so it's a very, very challenging program. Now, at the time, if you wanted to be a general manager or a dealer principal of any dealership or car group, you needed to have this degree. Otherwise you would not be considered. And you would be surprised how many people don't know the theoretical, the theory behind uh, all the principles of the runnings of a car dealership. And, 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 At the time, I I knew how to run it. I just didn't know why we would arrive to certain numbers, to certain KPIs, to, to certain ratios that would make a car dealership work. And I can tell you, that was that was the moment that my life changed. Uh, it's a year-long program. And uh, before I, I went to school, even though I knew how to do it, I didn't know why. I knew the how. I didn't know the why. And uh, the moment that you can put together the why with the how, you become an unstoppable force. Uh, and I strongly recommend anybody uh, that is listening to the show that happens to work at a car dealership, and they have... Um, aspirations of either owning a dealership at one point or being the general manager of a store or vice president of a store or a managing partner whatever senior uh, executive position you are looking for sign up, do it you are listening to the Greg Carrasco show here on TSN 1050, Canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend Ken Stapon and we are dissecting women in the car industry this is amazing, we're going to take a small break and we'll be right back I love the song. <laughs> if you just tuning in, this is the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050, Canada's largest, I'm going to say that again, Canada's largest, I don't want a radio show, uh, and uh, this is my friend Ken Stapen here. Thank you for uh, joining us this Greg, morning. Greg, moving
2: and grooving to that <laughs> song on the Zoom call. It's, uh, it's funny to watch. <laughs> it's my party. <laughs> uh, but folks, uh, just just so you don't forget,
1: uh, this show is brought to you by uh, Oakville Leeson and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. This is resonating, and uh, thank I, I have to thank the province of Ontario, man, because uh, they we have propelled retail sales to levels we never thought possible. Um, Oakville is a very very tiny market, but uh, people are. You know, normally you don't you don't associate Oakville with getting good deals <laughs> because everything is expensive in Oakville. But uh, I think that people are understanding the the whole concept that, you know, if you uh, if you're still choosing to pay commission uh, when you buy a car, you are you know essentially leaving money on the table. And the fact that we have no commission salespeople at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity is having an actual material effect on the outcome of your car transactions. And uh, for the month of um, for the month of October, uh, when you Purchase any in stock new vehicle at Oakville Nissan, uh, we will throw in or we will include with the purchase a set of snow tires and winter mats. That is on any vehicle that I have in inventory. If I don't have an inventory, you will not qualify. So please don't ask me because it's going to put me in an uncomfortable position. It's full disclosure. If it's in stock, I will include a set of snow tires and winter mats. And uh, if you're looking into a full size SUV, you need to come and see me at Oakville Infinity because when I'm not on the radio show, I live at these two places. I have no life. And uh, you can now get an Infinity 2020 QX80, which is the direct competition for the Cadillac Escalade and the Lincoln Navigator. If you haven't seen one, they are absolut- absolutely scrumptious to look at. They are delicious. They are sexy. I have one in the showroom. It's black with a you know white or light gray interior. is is stunning to look at, and you can lease one now for 18 months with only 3,500 dollars down for 5.99 semi monthly. Now, for some of you that are listening to the show, uh, you're saying, "How is that a deal? <laughs> Five ninety-nine, semi-monthly." Folks, believe me, when you lease one of those vehicles uh, for eighteen months, you're talking in way over two thousand uh, dollars on a lease payment for one of those cars. Now, this is a special and limited offer at Oakville Infinity. This is part of the clear out event. I, I'm not even—I don't even know how I can get away with saying the word "clear out" because if I said it in the past, can? I would get fined so now i can say it 2020 clear out event at oakville infinity and uh you need to come and see me before you buy an escalade or a lincoln navigator um this morning we've been talking to some rock stars some some women rock stars in the car industry that have shared some some amazing wisdom but you know ken you
2: pointed uh you pointed out the common theme what was the common theme Lack of experience, Greg, and I don't mean lack of experience now, as they obviously have all been working in the industry in very high positions for some of them, 20, 25, 30 years. But the lack of experience coming into the industry, I mean, it started off as a summer job. It started off as just something that to pay the bills, and then it's grown exponentially into a career, which speaks to the opportunity, something that we talk about all the time on the show is pursuing opportunity when it presents itself obviously the opportunity is there in the automotive industry and all the guests today who we've had on the show have pursued that opportunity and become extremely successful because of it
1: well what i can tell you is this that uh, you know i've always well not always but uh, as i've gotten older i have made the fundamental decision that love is not a feeling i don't want it to be a feeling feelings are fickle feelings are temperamental, uh, feelings are temporary. But when you make love a decision, then it becomes a commitment that you make to yourself and to that decision, to that idea that you've decided on. And the same thing applies to success. And this is something that I've learned throughout the years in, in which I... I I have seen time and time again people that just decide that they're going to make it no matter what, and uh, you know some you know some people say that you know you need to know when to quit, and I and I do believe that sometimes quitting uh, is is underrated, just like divorce. Divorce is severely underrated, but but when it comes to careers, sometimes. You need to you need to make the iron hot by striking it. You know some people say that you need to strike when the iron is hot. I don't believe in that. I believe in the opposite. You need to make it hot by striking it. And sometimes when you do the right thing, time and time and time and time again, eventually the right outcome will start to come out. My next guess, you know, her resume is just like. Just like everybody else that I've
2: had here on the show That's this morning, <laughs> common theme today the, the extensive <laughs> resumes.
1: Resumes is are is unbelievable. Uh, you know, my next guest on the show works for the CADA, and that is the Canadian Automobile Dealers Association, and she is a director, governance and plan management, benefits three hundred and sixty, health and welfare trust. Uh, Karen O'Connell, Karen, welcome to the Carrasco Show.
6: Oh, thank you, Greg, for including me among these amazing
1: women. Uh, Well, they uh, they all have a common theme. They are amazing. So that's why you're here. You know, Karen, I I, I look at your resume here. This is impressive. Uh, What drew you into the car industry? Why are you here?
6: (laughs) Well, it's interesting. Like a lot of the women this morning, you know, my career maybe started unintentionally. I didn't have... uh, uh, an intention to be to work in the car business, but like you just said, you know, success itself is an intent and uh, something. You know, my mother told me all growing up. You know, you can do anything you set your mind to. So, you know, that's how I've approached a lot of the job opportunities that have come my way. So when I uh, inter, I, my background is in group insurance, and when I interviewed with the Canadian Automobile Dealers Association, I remember, you know, feeling qualified and competent for the job, but speaking with the uh, president. And the uh, CFO at, or CEO at the time, uh, I remember sheepishly saying to him, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a car person. And I really expected that would disqualify
1: me. <laughs> Neither am me. I, so you're in good company. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought it
6: would disqualify me from the job. And, you know, and he's, he just kind of gave a little sheepish smirk and said, you know, well, you'll come to love it. And uh, that was the beginning of really a great career move for me being uh, with the Canadian Automobile Dealers Association, because I truly didn't have an idea of the impact that the automotive sector has on the Canadian economy, on local communities, and to see the difference that it makes, you know, in, in people's lives. And it's really been a great uh, journey so far, seven years now. So,
1: Can you speak of the impact of the automob- automobile industry in, in the Canadian economy?
6: Unfortunately, I'm not the best person to speak to that, but I, you know, I, what I can see is you know, that it touches so many different sectors. And you know, I think of myself more as an outsider looking in, and you, you, know, you start to realize the different industries that deal with dealers and the OEMs. You know, it's not just car sales that drive the economy. There are so many peripheral uh, businesses that touch the auto sector, and I think that's what makes it the size and scope it is.
1: Now, you you are part of the governance and the plan management for the Benefit 360. Can you explain to the listeners what that is?
6: Sure. We offer a benefits program to the car dealerships nationally, and it's a voluntary program. You know, dealer by dealer chooses to belong to that, and it provides uh, health and dental disability coverage for employees, and we've got about 70,000 dealership employees coast to coast right now that are insured under the program. So it's a pretty massive program and it's a not for profit so it's a very unique uh, program in Canada.
1: Do you uh, you know most of your dealings are with uh, you know with with car dealerships and, and dealer principals. You know as a woman working in the car industry directly or indirectly, you know you are part of the the largest dealers association dealer association in the country. How do you feel that that you have been Uh, affected by the fact that you are a woman, you know, negatively or positively uh, in relation to your peers.
6: Huh, interesting question. I don't feel that I've been negatively impacted, but what I'm proud to see, because in the dealings that I do have with dealer principals and uh, some of the key dealers management at uh, the dealership, mm-hmm. is that I'm seeing more and more women in those key positions. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, throughout your show, it's a variety of positions that, you know, that would attract women. You know, it's not just uh selling cars or being a technician. There's a lot more to it. And as women are rising up in these positions, you know, I think they're getting uh, a lot more, it's breaking through some of those stereotypes that have existed. And, I, and I'm, I'm so impressed when I hear, uh, you know, a female dealer principal and some of your former guests uh, on the show, you know, it, it's really amazing. There are no glass ceilings and it's really about intent and attitude.
1: Do you see that uh, the perception of the car industry by by the public at large and also by the inclusivity and the opportunity uh, levels within our industry are growing more towards inclusion and more of a female presence in senior roles that have a material effect on the way that companies are run these days?
6: I I would say yes, and I I think that... uh, you know, really the issue is we're our own, you know, our biggest limitation is ourselves for a lot of people. And that includes, you know, whether it's women or whatever background you feel you need to overcome. And I think it's a question of just having the confidence to know that uh, what you don't know, you can always learn. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, attitude trumps attitude in a lot of cases. So I don't feel that uh, there are barriers anyway, in my opinion.
1: If if you if you were speaking to women that are that are listening to the show right now that are uh, that have no experience whatsoever within the car industry because that seems to be the Common theme and again of course you 're not going to have any experience if you 're planning to join it, but as, as a career shift, um, many women don 't even think of the possibility of joining the car industry as a, as, a as an actual thought it 's not even a part of the thought process or even on the shopping list. The car industry doesn't even doesn 't even make it. Why do you think that is?
6: I, I do think that, you know, again, it's some existing stereotypes, but I think women, you know, may not may think, well, I'm not, like I did, I'm not a car buff, I'm not this, but, you know, really, the car business is the people business, right? It's all about, you know, do you care about connecting with people? Do you care about making a difference for people? You know, so, so you will come to love cars, as I have. I think that, you know, comes with the territory, but I don't think that's a prerequisite, and I think, you know, if you have, uh, I think it's more about opportunities, you know. Are you interested? in a career that provides you with a good income and is rewarding and uh, i'd say be fierce and fearless and just go for it
1: fearsome and fearless i think that that is also another common theme on uh, on the show this morning ken what do you think of
2: that yeah well it's just, it just speaks to what we've been talking about all afternoon and thank you for joining the show karen we really appreciate it today it's great to hear your insights yes, my pleasure. Thank you for including me. oh yeah you're very welcome that the people in this business that you can learn after the fact, and you don't necessarily have to have a love of cars or a passion for the automotive industry to be successful. You can be successful by understanding people and by being able to communicate. And then the success can come later. And a lot of it's based off just having those attributes naturally as a person rather than having an inherent interest in the automotive industry to begin with.
1: You know, the, uh, you know, Karen, sorry to interrupt there, Ken. I think that, uh, for me, uh, it has always been that I'm not a car person. I'm more of a, a people-inclined uh, executive, and, and the interaction and, and problem-solving aspect of our industry is, is, is very underrated. Do you, f- do you feel that uh, you know, having you know, some proclivity to like cars is a necessary requirement to make it in the car industry, Karen?
6: Oh, absolutely not. I think you've hit it. You know, it's all about every business is really about problem solving. You know, you're solving somebody's, you know, you're providing a solution to their insurance needs. You're providing a solution to transportation needs. You know, you start to think about it. It really is a problem solving business.
1: Uh, I think that, uh, you know, from a problem solving standpoint, if you have an intuitive, intelligent, engaged and, and well-spoken person, it doesn't matter where you put them in a car dealership or within the periphery of the car industry, they are going to make it. In fact, our industry is starving for for more people that want to join in and come in and make a difference. So, you know, here you have the platform, Karen, you know, speak to women out there that are listening to the world. S- Tell them what is it that they should do now if they want to come in in the industry and make a difference.
6: Yeah, and I say challenge yourself and don't let, you know, your the your inner voice be a limitation. You know, as I said, go for it and, you know, be fierce, fearless and, you know, recognize that you can make your mark and be a great success in this industry. <laughs>
1: Karen, thank you so much for joining the show. And uh, just like I've said to uh, Tim Royce many, many, many times, you know he is welcome to come on the show here and uh, and put forward any sort of ideas, any efforts that the CADA has uh, in relation to anything that has to do with the general population and the car dealerships. Uh, folks, if you're listening to the show, this is Karen O'Connell. Uh, she is the Director, Governance and Plan Management Benefit for 360 Health and Welfare Trust for the CADA, which is the Canadian. Automobile Dealers Association. So, Karen is kind of a big deal. Karen, <laughs> thank you so much for joining the show this morning. We love to have you on, and you are welcome to come back anytime.
6: My pleasure. Thanks, Greg and Ken. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Karen. Wow, that is a uh, you know, it's, it's it's amazing the the variety. It's amazing the depth. Uh, the uh, the the number of different jobs that are available uh, when you think of an industry that is only known for make me an offer <laughs> because if you, you know if you really simplify it to what people define and associate the car industry with is that sentence right there make me an offer or what's your best price
2: well this was a, is... this was an interesting take from Karen because I hadn't considered this before and I don't know why I hadn't considered it before but that the car business is quite simply a people business. Yeah. You have to interact with the customers. You have to engage them, chat them up, make them feel comfortable. And if you can do that and you have the requisite skills to accomplish that feat, then the sale is secondary because if the people buy into you as a person, they're going to buy your products as well if you can put forward something that they believe in.
1: You know, the interesting thing, uh, Ken, that, that Karen said here, Um And we cannot overlook it. Uh, The reality is this, that everyone that is interacting, that is associated, that is dealing with any particular industry, they have a job that they need to get done. And it is your personal responsibility that if you work for an industry that uh, gets the job done when it comes to transportation and anything associated with that, if you can provide the solutions. If you have good communication skills and good intentions, again, you know, again, this is all to do with good intentions, trying to make a, a difference, and, and you are able to communicate your message in a way that makes a material difference in the lives of your customers, it is impossible for you not to be successful. It is virtually impossible not to be. And I think that it all comes down to this. Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to make a difference? Do you have good intentions? Are you a transparent human? Are you dedicated? Do you have the work ethic that is needed for you to continue to come in and to show up and to be there on time and talking to customers time and time and time and time again? Guess what? You will make it. Folks, you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here, Canada's largest automotive radio show, with my friend Ken Stapen. And, uh, you know, we, we've had a show packed with guests. We're going to take a small break and we will continue talking to you about the ins and outs of the car industry. And I hope that you are loving this as much as I am. We'll be right back after the break. And we're back. You are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Canada's largest automotive radio show that is not, often not about cars. <laughs> we like that. Cars are not that interesting. You know, people are interesting. Drama is interesting. Ideas are interesting. We can duke it out. We can discuss. We can argue. We can do all sorts of different things on the show. This is your show. But today I felt that... Okay. Today we felt... Because there was a lot of people working in the background for the show to actually take place. Um, all these these amazing people that we have had as guests today, uh, they just come, you know, to help us contribute, you know, to put our little, you know, bricks in that wall, you know, to build a more solid foundation for what we try to do as an industry. Our, you know, my industry has given me everything I've got. And I have dedicated my life to making a difference. That's all I want. This show, you know, look, whenever you have a platform the size of this one, it is very easy to make yourself a big target because when you talk uninterrupted for three hours every single Saturday, you are bound to have an opinion that someone is going to disagree with. So that makes us a big target. But that's okay. Because you can always call 416-870-1050 and you can argue with me. Now, I trust that you are going to solidify your arguments before you call me because if you don't, it's not going to be pretty, right, Ken? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, uh, you have been known to disagree with the occasional caller and sometimes they have a, a basis to stand on and they fight back and that's the kind of conversations that we want is an engaging argument. But oftentimes... The callers didn't have necessarily done their preparation, and in that sense, it usually doesn't end well for whoever decided to pick up the phone and call the station.
1: You know, I I wanted to take, uh, Ken, uh, a couple of minutes. I'm going to change the pace a little bit because we still have another hour, and I have some really two awesome guests. Uh, one of them is the uh, the president of Kia Canada. He's the CEO of Kia Canada, Elias, and uh, he's a super interesting dude. And on the other side of the second part of the hour, we have the uh, the, the public relation, the product public relation for Nissan Canada. That's another rock star that I know, and. Uh, they're coming here to inject the show with some knowledge uh, about the industry about people about culture in general and and this is fascinating to me because you know this show has allowed me to have a, a long form conversation we don't have to interrupt ourselves all the time with commercials which is fantastic saying that um, you know what I'm gonna try to summarize this quick because I know that we need to break uh, in, in just a few minutes the um, this week um, a friend of mine uh, posted something on on Facebook that it rattled me, um, you know he is a you know he 's a good friend, an acquaintance uh, you know he used to be a member of a gym that I owned, and uh, you know he met his wife there and they 're married have a bunch of kids like the Brady bunch but uh, um, you know my friend Blake Mitchell had a vascular accident uh, for those of you that don 't know that is uh, it 's a stroke and um, you know i I have felt pretty emotional about it because um you know sometimes um you know, you're not aware of your own mortality, and uh, uh, we 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 forget sometimes how fragile we are as 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 humans. And and he's been posting things that I you know he's having trouble uh, talking and seeing and walking and eating and all these things that you take for granted. And uh, the other day he posted uh, a picture of his. Uh, little his little kids with with cards you know with you know cardboards you know with say we love you daddy get well you know through a glass because of covid they cannot go and visit him inside the room and i man this is this has touched me deeply and i tell you why um Many years ago, uh, you know, I I never knew my dad. Uh, But before I left for Canada, I was 17 and I felt that I needed to go find him. So I found him and uh, I saw him once and uh, then I left. And I I, I knew that I was never going to go back to Chile. And uh, over the years, I mean, we were never closed for different reasons that, you know, this is nothing to, you know, I'm not going to elaborate on the show right now. But I only saw him in my entire life three times. And at one point, I saw him, I spent time with him, uh, I gave him a hug, I said goodbye. And uh, it was such a trivial, it was such an inconsequential moment, because for a long time, I have made the mistake of not being where I'm at. And uh, I had no idea that that was the last time that I was going to say goodbye to him. And uh, before we go into and break into the next hour, I want to encourage my listeners to the following. Live, live right now, feel it, enjoy this moment because you really don't know how much your life can change from one moment to another. And we take so many things for granted, people, so many things, you know, seeing your kids, having dinner with your kids. At one point, that would be the last time that you will do something and you don't, you, there is no way that you know when that moment is. You need to ensure, you need to solidify the position that you are feeling it, that you are living it. I want to send a big shout out to Blake's family. you know, Blake and Jen and his kids. Man, I, I haven't had the courage to write something on your wall because nothing that I could say matters. I just need you to know that I'm thinking of you and I really hope that you get better soon. It's important that you know that you have a lot of people thinking about you, man. And I wish that I would have made that phone call you know, to say hello to you a little while ago, and I didn't. I don't know why. Folks, let's take a small break. This is The Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050. There is a lot more to come on our show. Let's take a break. And we're back. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Canada's largest automotive radio show for quite a few years now with my friend Ken Stapen here. Uh, This show... It's available to you in so many other different platforms. Uh, it gets broadcasted live uh, every Saturday at tsn.ca, or you can also listen to us on iHeartRadio app. Uh, but more importantly, the the podcast goes out live, um, you know, a few hours sometimes uh, after the show because we need to make some formatting to upload it into iTunes. And then you can just subscribe, and this will come to your phone automatically every single Weekend. And, um, you know, we like to consume our media, our information, our entertainment on our own time. And uh, it's important that, uh, that you know this is available to you. You can find me on social media at Greg Carrasco and you will find me everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. I have no life. I dedicate my whole life at putting content out into the world. And hopefully we can entertain some people. Hopefully we can educate some people. Hopefully we can put some people at ease. The car industry is not what it used to be. Um, To be perfectly honest with you, I don't think that there has ever been more exciting times than what they are right now. I think that COVID was the best, worst best thing that could have ever happened to the car industry. I'll explain. It has forced an entire industry across the globe to reassess, to rethink itself and to change a model that has been around for over a hundred years is something that has been taken very, very seriously by many dealer principals and owners, and more importantly, by car manufacturers. And, uh, you will find that there are some car manufacturers that are just stepping up. And, uh, I I have been so fortunate because after doing the show for 13 years, um, you know, 13 years, I was at a different network. And uh, after conversations, I decided to, you know, to to put my show on TSN uh, for a a different audience, uh, a broader audience. And uh, I love all the people that have listened to the show for 10 or so years, which they're still coming down to the store. And, uh, you know, I never wanted to let them down, but also I wanted to expand on the show. I wanted to expand on the contents. I wanted to have a little bit of a longer format. But, you know, over the years, I I have come across some amazing people. And uh, when I say amazing people, I'm talking people that have been able to achieve some incredible level of success that are the head of corporations, that are head of companies and, and, and manufacturers here in Canada. That are making a big difference, and uh, you know some of them uh, have visited the show. One of them is Don Romano. Don Romano is the president of Hyundai Canada. He's a very good friend of mine, and the guy's a rock star. I mean, he he hold, takes no prisoners. He goes out there and and, and and tries to conquer the world. The other one is is our president, Steve Millet. Steve Millet has taken Nissan Canada and Infinity Canada with Steve Ryan and that they are making an incredible difference in the marketplace. And I'm talking about the way that they relate to the dealers, the way they relate to the marketplace, the way they relate to the environment. And I can tell you within those car manufacturers, there is another one that has been sneaking up. There's another car manufacturer that is just, you know, is, is gaining ground, is gaining ground, is growing market share. And, and many of you that are fans of this show, they always ask me the same question. Greg, uh, you know, sometimes you work for Hyundai, which I, I spent five years with Hyundai. And now you work with Nissan and Infiniti that I spent over 20 years with. You know, why do you promote other car manufacturers? And the only answer that I have for you is this. It's because it's the right thing to do. Most car manufacturers today make an incredible product. So, you know, just because I work for Nissan and Infiniti, it doesn't mean that I cannot recognize the tremendous achievements that other car manufacturers are having in the marketplace. My next guest is uh, I'm, I'm super happy to have him here, and this is the first time that he joins the show. His name is Elias L. Achab, he is the chief operating officer of Kia Canada. Elias, are you there? I'm here, Greg. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. You know, I I'm, I'm super I'm super thrilled to have you here on the show, Elias, because uh, you and I met a few years back when when we were working for uh, for Hyundai. Uh, you know, can you uh, can you share with the audience a little bit of your background? Uh, you you've been the head of Kia Canada now for over a year, but you know, how did you get here, man? How what was your traje- your trajectory w- when it came to the car business?
7: I was. Uh... Maybe a little non traditional. I actually started in the retail side working in the service department.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: I worked there for many years and um, after getting my uh, engineering degree, ended up joining Hyundai Canada, working on the compliance side, working for uh, technical training, putting together service bulletins, compliance with uh, Transport Canada, and um, got to know the car business more and more. Got very excited and eventually made my way over to the sales department. I was Uh, relocated to the East Coast for three years, um, Mm -hmm. came back and ended up being the national sales manager during the last major crisis, which was the (laughs) 0809 financial crisis.
1: 2009, yeah.
7: So, And that ended up being um, a very good time for us and and, uh, helped me really uh, push forward and grow and learn. And uh, after that, I went on to work for GM Financial, the captive finance arm for General Motors. General Motors, yeah the VP of sales for, for a few years and helped set up the uh, the new network, mm-hmm. and then had the opportunity to move to Ottawa to run the Shiv Delari Auto Group, uh, which I did for the, about seven years uh, before getting an opportunity to come back to Toronto, be closer to family and uh, be at home with uh, Kia Canada.
1: Are you uh, are you originally here from Toronto, uh, Elias?
7: Uh, not born,
1: but raised in Toronto. Yes, that's uh, you know that's awesome, and uh, you know congratulations on that trajectory, man. I it, it makes me so happy when I see just moving people moving up in the world and just conquering everything. Uh, you know, on a side note. Uh, what did it feel to switch from corporate to retail because or private? Because that's a big switch when you went from uh, you know, headquarters to the Delory Group. The Delory Group is a it's a massive powerhouse. Um, what did you feel that was the biggest aspect of the transition there?
7: Well, you know, it's it's a different world between corporate and retail and each one has its uh, pros and cons, of course, but you know, on the corporate side everything is very structured and you have, you know, people to do everything and um, you know, you've got enough manpower and systems and and uh, funds to do what you need to do. And then you go over to the retail side, and you almost feel like a one-man show some days. And I'm sure you can appreciate that. Of course, uh, where, you're, where you're running around, you're you're putting on a bunch of different hats and you're jack of all trades. And you really learn to to depend on yourself. And you you have to really groom the people around you because they're not brought up to be, uh, you know, the, the the more organized corporate style. Uh, they're not set up with the system. They, they just don't the have the tools yeah. that a, yeah, a corporate system would have. So you you uh, have to groom them and set them up for success. And, and if you do, then I think the benefits are massive. And then, of course, coming back to corporate, I had to go back the other way around and learn to let go of some things and, and go back to relying on the people around me. And maybe, you know, clean up my language a little mm-hmm. bit.
1: <laughs> yeah that's something that you that you have some latitude when you go into the retail world, and you know what I can tell you from a personal perspective um uh, Elias is that you know that structure um you know mentality that you gain from corporate i i gained that from the canadian army and uh, they're very very structured very regimented systems and and when you set up the infrastructure for people to succeed you you know failure is really not really an option and as as simple as that may sound uh you, it's, it's amazing how much you know uh, framework and structure makes a difference when you run organizations but you know i have a question for you you've been with kia canada now for over a year what do you love about kia can you tell the world <laughs> honestly
7: it's it's a combination of things uh, first off I, I, I love the product the the car designs even when i was with the lary group we had a couple of kia stores and you just can't get enough of the product they're sexy designed they're fully loaded with all the latest and greatest technologies uh, they're uh, set up to be, you know, a mix of comfortable, uh, usable, practical. They're uh, high-value car lines. Uh, but coming into the, the corporate structure, I also immediately fell in love with the team that we have here. The uh, people are just so dedicated. They're they're incredibly smart. They're incredibly hardworking. Uh, they just they just needed uh, to, to pull together as one team. And I mean, you can see the success that we're having. And um, you know, get to know some more Kia dealers, and we have a great dealer network uh, spanning across the whole country. We have uh, uh, lots of strong dealers. We have lots of dedicated dealers, more so than I actually thought when I was on the uh, retail side.
1: You know, it's it's interesting because uh, of all the of all the the times for anyone to take over a car manufacturer. Uh, the pandemic, <laughs> you would have thought, oh, man, you know, this is uh, this is not the right time. But, you know, somebody once says, never waste a good crisis. And, uh, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, Elias, you guys are breaking all sorts of sales records. What's the secret? What are you guys doing?
7: Well, you know, it's uh, it's funny that you say that, never waste a good crisis. I never thought of it that way. But, you know, pandemics or, or any sort of major crisis is... Uh, to me, a time to redefine a company, to redefine yourself. So it's a chance to either, you know, uh, bury your head in the sand or or hunker down and just wait till things blow over, or it's a chance to take action because you know that most of your competition will be hunkering down. So that's the way we kind of looked at it. We, you know, we're not happy to be in a pandemic, uh, but knowing that everyone is trying to conserve funds and conserve money and, and, um, save as much as they can and just lay back. We decided to be a little more aggressive. And, uh, you know, there's no silver bullet. It's a combination of things that we have to do. And like, like anything in, in any business, um, first off, the baseline of having the right product is crucial. And I do believe our product is, uh, is one of the best out there. I mean, we've been winning the Info Quality Study for Daily Power for the last six years. Number one, six years straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the design has been fantastic. The, the value in the cars is great. But what we, li- what we did was we, we tried to get everyone on the boat going in the same direction. So we all got together, including our dealer council, so representatives for our dealer body, marketing department, sales department, service department. We got everybody to sit down and agree on one single direction that we're going to focus on. And we started off by doing everything we can to contribute to the people around us and we did that by getting our plants in georgia to convert the production lines to build the face shields and we donated them to public health canada we had a few shipments come through
1: amazing Uh,
7: we then decided to take some of our funds and turn them into public service announcements and not you know again not trying to point at anybody but not fake public service announcements where you know you you make a good point and then you show off your product we had None of our product, none of our information, nothing on the on the commercials. They were strictly public service announcements, mm-hmm. and they were all the commercials we had pre-purchased, the, the time slots we had pre-purchased prior to the pandemic. We converted them uh, to something positive instead of trying to just get a refund. Uh, we donated to uh, the uh, Food Banks Canada network, uh, and we actually ended up having about. Forty percent of our dealer network also mm-hmm. get involved and contribute to the local chapter of In
1: communities, yeah,
7: of Food Banks Canada. Yeah, and that, that goes a long way. And then when it was time to essentially strike and, and you know when the dealerships were opening back up and it was time to sell cars, we wanted to do something that resonated
1: with that made an consumers. impact.
7: Yes, because you know everyone was singing for the same song, and I mean everything that everybody was trying to do was was meant to help. Uh, but you know the, the bank was deferring your mortgage and the city was deferring your taxes and uh, you know the utility companies were deferring your payments but deferral deferral deferral. at some point you got to pay the piper
1: at some point.
7: So we didn't want to do the same thing We wanted to have a bigger impact so how do you make a bigger impact without deferring? Well it was clear to us we, we make your payment <laughs>
1: yeah. that was we, that, we're that not was the next. It. We'll make we're it.
7: Just, yeah we're just gonna make it for you so we actually, book the deal out with, with the banks. And so anybody that bought a car for a three-month period, uh, we would actually, and we still are getting some of those payments, we, we would get the bill, we'll make the payment uh, for six months. You no, know, that
1: really helps. sorry, Elias. This is this is fascinating to hear. But for those of you that are just tuning into the show, you know this is the Greg Carrasco show here, and uh, we are the largest automotive radio show in the country. And our special guest today is Elias El Ajahab. He is the Chief Operating Officer of Kia Canada. And uh, you know, Elias, I, I have to tell you, thank you so much for you know for being here today and and sharing all this stuff that happens in the background. You see, there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns from general population when it comes to car dealerships. And uh, what a lot of people don't know is, is the amount of work that goes behind the scene to bring a program forward that affects the general population. And I think that you, you've done an amazing job you know, explaining what goes on in the background. But I wanted to touch on something, um, Elias. You Nokia's know, product has been getting a lot of industry recognition lately uh, to the point that you guys are everywhere. Why is that? It's, uh, you
7: just can't help it. Why not, I guess, at the end of the day, uh, with, with all the positives that, uh, that we have going for us. Uh, I mentioned just a few minutes ago, we are number one in J.D. Power's award for uh, initial quality for six years in a row. I, I don't know when the last time or if ever a manufacturer has been able to do that. Um, That's
1: we, pretty uh, impressive.
7: Are number, we're number one in J.D. Power's study for service CSI. Uh, we're number two for sales CSI. Our products have won numerous awards. Uh, Stinger was uh, the Ajax car of the year. Telluride was world car of the year. Uh, Soul EV is uh, world urban car of the year. Uh,
1: that's, a, you know, that's a pretty impressive lineup. And you know, one of the things that I noticed uh, Elias, is that uh, you guys just launched the new Sorrento last week. And uh, uh, that's getting a lot of press. Can you tell me a little bit about it?
7: We're very excited about Sorrento. Sorrento, for the last 17 years, has been our number one selling nameplate. And it's a it's a great uh, utility vehicle that's good for families, good for uh, towing, good for uh, daily driving. It just doesn't matter. And we took a, a product that's already doing so well, and the factory has done a fantastic job, completely redesigning it. I mean, other than the name, nothing is the same. Uh, from the engine, transmission, chassis, uh, the seats, the size, the the quality, the uh, technology, it's just. If you haven't seen pictures, I, I would beg you to go online and Google the 2021 Kia Sorento.
1: Yeah, it's and, pretty impressive uh, looking.
7: Yeah, you just can't help but be impressed. We're offering all kinds of different packages on it, um, and it's been resonating. The feedback we're getting so far has been phenomenal, and, and we haven't even you know, physically brought it to the dealerships yet. It'll be on sale in the next you know, 30 to 45 days.
1: The uh, I think that it's important that the, the consumer goes on, on, on the website and just… Type in, you know, the new Sorento and you're going to be amazed as to how much has changed on that product. The, uh, you know, I I have to ask you this because it comes up here on the show all the time. You know, my, what is my position when it comes to electric cars and so on and so on. And, uh, you know, my position is very clear, but, you know, the industry seems to be headed that direction. Um, You know, is this, you know, is this something that uh, Kia as a company is adopting and, and what direction is Kia taking in relation to that?
7: Well it's definitely, the industry is definitely moving towards electrification, uh, we're already down that path as, as you well know um, and uh, the, the manufacturers are kind of split, half are for it and half are kind of it. but I, I, don't, I think resistance is futile in this uh, scenario.
1: Yeah um, it is, it is futile. In, in
7: our case uh, we were uh, early adopters and we do believe in electrification. We already have two vehicles that come in complete EV platforms, the Kia Soul EV and the Niro EV. The Niro is our green car lineup. It comes in hybrid, plug-in hybrid, and EV only. There's no straight gas alternative. Um, and they both offer about 400 kilometers of range, and, and it's only going to get better and better. We already have plans, and we've already announced uh, Plan S, which uh, in the next four to five years will bring us up to 11 different EV models. Um, oh, and wow! seven of them being dedicated EV, there's no alternative other than EV. Um, so it's it, it's already in our plans. We are already big believers. We think this is the way forward. Um, it, you know, and it, it has to be right for the consumer, of course. So some some consumers will prefer a plug-in hybrid and some a straight hybrid. Uh, yeah. And there's still room for gas models for the next little while. But at some point, I think the shift is, is going to... Take over. It's going to
1: have to happen. Is you know, we, we are changing the power source of vehicles, and the demand is certainly growing. And uh, I am a firm believer that you know once the the cost get reduced and the uh, the availability for this product hits a critical mass, change will be inevitable. Now you know that is happening from a a power source for automobiles these days. But what about the retail side of things? How do you think that the pandemic has changed or is changing the way that people in cars? Because I, I can tell you, Elias, at, at my organizations um, doing we never shut down during the pandemic. We we made a, a, a decision to stay open to service the, the frontline workers. And uh, I can I, I can tell you that almost 100% of all the transactions that we conducted were done through virtual uh, retailing. So everything was done online. But the moment dealerships opened up, it seems like everybody reverted back to the old ways. How do you think that, you know, the, the way way people change um, you know the purchasing car is changing today
7: well definitely you made the comment earlier which you know i use myself that our industry hasn't changed in a 100 years mm-hmm. in terms of how we sell cars you know customer comes into the dealership they go for a test drive they touch they feel they get provided some payments, they cross shop, and they make a decision but the world is changing and you know, only a year ago we were having conversations in the in the business saying how the next five or ten years are gonna be crucial to our business and they're gonna be they're gonna have more change than the last hundred years combined. Well, I think all that kind of happened or is happening in twelve months now, not in five or ten years because of the pandemic. I think it's accelerated, accelerated what was inevitable, what was being maybe dragged on into a five or ten year plan has
1: Um, Elias, are you there? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You know, I I I have to completely agree with what you're saying. I think that the pandemic has uh, has severely, uh, in almost. In, in a paralyzing way, I accelerated the change that was inevitable. I think that, uh, you know, we are, we are dealing with issues that we're going to naturally get to five, six, seven years from now. And, and right now, uh, the, the progressive acceptance of a dealer is what really making the difference in the outcome. Do you feel that your more progressive dealers, the more uh, nimble dealers in their mentality are doing a better job or having better success in the marketplace today?
7: Absolutely. You made the point about you selling cars while the dealerships were closed. We had dealers selling over 100 cars a month uh, without opening their doors. And then, you know, you have others that maybe not so much. So definitely the progressive dealers are making a difference. Um, I want to do a quick shout out because we're blessed to have a lot of good dealers in the Kia network. And uh, one of the, the reasons that I believe we're achieving all the record success that we are is that we have our dealers believing in what we're doing, backing us up and investing they actually went as far as to invest in our in our plan to market even before we launched it, and had the faith in our organization. I want to thank them for that.
1: You know, it's it's amazing because um, I uh, I graduated university. In fact, uh, Katie and Eric from 401 Dixie Kia, we went to university together, and that's where oh, they yeah. met. Yeah, and uh, they're very good friends of mine, and they have a pretty uh, good operation there. But I uh, nothing happens without a strong dealer network, and uh, I, I think that. Often uh, we don't recognize the the, the importance of uh, a well-executed retail uh, strategy by having a a cohesive uh, dealer group that are in, they see the vision and I think that you have been able to encapsulate that vision with Kia um, that that hadn't happened in the past. How did you do that? And I, and I know that this is I'm throwing this out of left field, but how did you manage to do that?
7: Well, I think my my uh, experience in the dealership side of things really came in handy and um, bought me a little bit of goodwill, I think, to start. So um, the, uh, the dealer network was willing to give me a shot, and I appreciate that. And obviously, I wanted to make sure I didn't let them down. Uh, and I think it, it was more understanding the full picture. Uh, probably the biggest problem with the The OEMs in general, and I was guilty of that in the past is that you 've never been in a retail operation, and so you you have an, um, a vision of how things work with consumers yet you 've never dealt with a customer and you don 't understand what they go through you don 't understand what the sales process looks like you don 't understand what the customer experience really feels like and I think having an appreciation for that and having worked in that for the past seven years really helps you put the full picture together and really understand your consumer in ways you never thought of
1: before. You know, I, I think that uh, you you hit the nail on the head, Elias, here, and I think that that is what makes you a formidable opponent because, you know, look at it this way. I, when, when I'm not selling cars and you know playing with my dog and my kids i, I like to fight so i, I still compete in brazilian jiu jitsu and uh, you know unfortunately the pandemic has had a, a, a pretty big impact on this but uh, i would never take advice or direction from someone that hasn't been on the ring you know in in an actual fight you know it's it, theory is great until yeah. you put it in practical implementation and I, I feel that there is a lot of disconnect between the the uh, the theoretical planification of a retail effort and the actual practical practical implementation. And I think that you have been able to combine those two in a way that hasn't happened in an OEM here in Canada. And uh, I can tell you, you know, as you know, unfortunately we're competitors, but there is enough customers for everyone. And that's the reason why you're here. Mm -hmm. That is appreciated. So, you know, a question for you, what can you tell me about the future of Kia here in Canada? And what do you guys have in store for us?
7: Well, we're very excited about our future. We Last year, we celebrated 20 years in Canada, actually. So we're in our 21st year right now. Uh, we celebrated 20 years and sold our millionth car on the same uh, year. So that was quite a uh, landmark uh, time for us. And we take the next uh, step now as we have to look at the next 20 years and the evolution of Kia. We have a lot of big plans through our dealers over the next few months. We have a ton of product that it's coming down the pipes. We launched Seltos earlier this year. It's been a phenomenal launch. Again, we launched it in the middle of a pandemic, uh, but quickly growing to be the number two in its segment, and uh, hopefully we eventually can get to number one, and it's turning into our top-volume model. Uh, We have the K5 that just launched and will be on dealer lots by the end of the month. Uh, All-new, all-wheel-drive, family sedan. The Sorento that uh, we mentioned earlier, Uh, that's coming up in the next month or two and going into next year we have at least three four new products we have some all new exciting product i'm not at uh, in a position to give you any more detail other than i can say there are going to be you're going to do that to me you're not
1: going to reveal come on you can share some secrets
7: (laughs) there are going to be surprises that no one is going to be expecting from kia over the next 12 months and we're just super excited to see them come to fruition
1: Folks, uh, we you are listening right now to Elias L Achahab. He is the Chief Operating Officer of Kia Canada. Elias, uh, I have to you know thank you on behalf of the entire uh, Carrasco Show listenership uh, for taking the time on a busy Saturday morning uh, to come and join your wisdom and your thoughts on Kia and the secret of Kia's success in in the the largest Canadian marketplace. Uh, I have to extend an open invitation, just like I've done with Don Romano and Steve Millet. You can come here anytime. Just give me the heads up and uh, we will open this platform to you that goes across the country. We are the most listened to automotive radio show in Canada and also the most downloaded podcast. And um, this is available to you as a platform. Um, You know, thank you for coming. Thank you for taking the time to share your wisdom with us and that we would love to have you again. Uh, Elias, thank you.
7: Thank you very much, Greg. This has been uh, great and uh, a good way to spend uh, Saturday morning and love to do it again.
1: Okay, thank you so much. Uh, folks, this is the Greg Carrasco Show here on TSN 1050 with my friend Ken Stapon, Canada's largest automotive radio show. We're going to take a small break and we have another uh, super special guest coming on the other side of the break. And uh, you know, we'll be right back. And we're back. You are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show, here with my friend Ken Stapen. We're not wrong, man. This has been a pretty crazy, star studded show. (laughs) It's amazing.
2: Yeah, great conversation, great guests, great insight. Uh, Elias, I thought, had some excellent, excellent points about the industry and the way that it's evolving and moving forward, and how the progressive dealers are having the success. And also to build on the conversation that we're having today, obviously, with the technological advances that we're making in the automotive industry and the transition that we're making to give more resources to the progression of electric cars and them taking a majority share in the market, that's going to give a ton of jobs in engineering. It's going to give a ton of jobs in marketing. It's just going to be a foster an environment that fosters the ability for young people to succeed. Both men and women are going to be able to succeed if they are young, innovative thinkers. So that's a real positive for this industry moving forward based off the conversations that we've been having today.
1: I think that uh, the time has come for a new guard, for a new set of dealer principles, a new set of general managers, a new progressive thinking, you know, we need to make room for the new, for the young, for the innovative, to the progressive, we, we need to make sure that, uh, you know, you don't forget something that I repeat here often, in an industry that refuses to change, inexperience is the only asset, and uh, is so important, because when you've been set on your ways for so long, your ideas become crystallized, you crystallize your ideas, guess what, you are old. You know, somebody asked me once, what you know, how do you define being old? Is your you you lose flexibility. From every aspect, you know you know think of flexibility in the uh, in, in the figurative sense, uh, your ideas are not flexible, your muscles are not flexible, your joints are not flexible. If you cannot bend, if you cannot change your direction, if you 're not nimble when you 're thinking with your philosophies your with your with your ideas, you are old, and I think that our industry is. Starving for new, young, bright minds that will come in and revolutionize what we're doing. You know, I can tell you, Ken, I'm in a constant state of training my replacement. I am looking for the next person that will take my job. Why? Because that's the only way that I can move up. But also, you know, we need to train these people to do a better job. You know, you you find so many uh, senior managers out there that are so afraid of losing their job that in the process, they don't train people well enough for them to not be part of an organization. I can tell you this. The strength of an organization is always determined by what happened when you're not there. Because if you are there, and only then is when the company runs, guess what? You're not training your people but uh, I I have a pretty special guest right now and uh, you know (laughs) I have the opportunity to uh, to have some exchanges uh, with this individual Um, she works for Nissan Canada Uh, her name is Jennifer McCarthy Jen you know nobody calls her Jennifer she says hi Jen how are you
8: I'm well thank you Greg how are you
1: (laughs) I'm very well thank you you know I I I, want to know what the your actual title is
8: Manager of product communications.
1: There you go. Because it wasn't PR. I knew that there was something yeah. uh, different about the, uh, the the public relations it's manager of product communication. Uh, for for those of you that are just tuning into the show today, we we have taken a, a tremendous amount of time uh, to bring in some rock stars, some women that are just crushing it in the car industry, and uh, over the last. Year that I've been back with Nissan, uh, Jen. Uh, I I see you, you know, moving. I see you shaking. I see you uh, engaging <laughs> the the environment and the attention that the new Nissan product is and the effect that it's having in the marketplace. And uh, you know, I I I want to know a little bit more about you. Um, what? How did you come across the car industry?
8: <laughs> well, you know, like a lot of the ladies you've had on the show today, Greg. I sort of stumbled into it by accident as well. Uh, but what's great, actually, it was a woman who introduced me to the industry. I was in public relations school and an opportunity to came up to media monitor for General Motors of Canada.
6: Mm-hmm. So
8: while I was still studying public relations and journalism, I started to wake up at, you know, at 4.30 in the morning with the birds and uh, read the news for General Motors. And from there, it just, it's been an explosion of career growth and progression and I've stayed in the business ever since so um, it's been fantastic
1: Uh, not being you know predetermined uh, to, to join the car industry and this happened by a bit of an accident you know, what were some of the challenges that you had by joining an industry that is so commonly, and I, and I, I use my air quote, uh, you know, motion here, so dominated by uh, the male presence. Have you found that, uh, you know, it's, it's not what people think it is, or maybe it is? And, uh, you know, what have been your findings? Mm-hmm.
8: These are good questions, Greg, and we have to put it in perspective, I think, with time and also my level of experience. So I came into the industry, and this is all corporate side, mind you, I don't have the benefit of having a dealership experience yet, um, but my career started around 2005. That's when I started working for GM, mm-hmm. and honestly, it hasn't been as scary as I thought it would be. And what I immediately noticed, and, and perhaps this is why, there's always been women who gather in the auto industry. i worked for GM, Mercedes-Benz, and now Nissan, and, and all these places, the women come together, they support each other. This is a consistent theme. So immediately at GM, um, I looked up to the women who were there, and and you know at the time, and, and they still exist today. These are women who are in the industry at a very difficult time. It wasn't all, you know, rainbows and butterflies for women in the industry. We've come a long way, and I think a lot of the women you've had on your show today have been through some adversity. And I just want to thank those women and the women I've, I've learned under, the women that have, are older and have perhaps had to endure a little bit more challenges. Um, mm-hmm. They've paved the way for women my age and even younger and, and for the future uh, in terms of equality, making sure our voices are heard. Um, And just being a woman, I've never felt uncomfortable. I've never felt that I can't be myself. But I think that has probably come at the cost of of others before me.
1: Well, but the, the reality is this, that, you know, I know that many people disagree with me when I say this. But statistically speaking, this is not my opinion. Statistically speaking, there has never been more women in the car industry than there are today. So, you know, we position doesn't mean anything. Direction means everything. We are headed the right direction. We are making it more inclusive. We are making it uh, a little bit friendlier in the sense that now more and more people are seeing the car industry from both sides, from the corporate and the retail side, as a feasible career choice. Uh, And you are a living walking testament to that. Um, Now, do you think that the same ideas from a corporate standpoint are translated into the dealer body or do you have any visibility when it comes to those things
8: I'm not too sure but what I I have noticed some some trends in my world in different places so Greg if you don't mind if I could just kind of go through some really positive proof points in terms of progression of women in the industry
6: Of course We
8: what I've noticed on the dealership side and it's something I've I've always heard of, I mean of course women buy cars we are not just because it's a male-dominated industry, it's not a male-dominated customer base. So mm-hmm. um, we, we have to represent our customers as well. And therefore, it's no surprise that, um, for example, last year Nissan's top sales consultant was a woman. It's, um, uh, gosh, I can't remember her name. Uh, she's at the, oh. Is Kim she at Willowdale? Kim Lazinski O'Neill Nissan in Newfoundland. Oh, I see. you. Right. So, I mean, what does that tell us? I think that's a good indication that women have a place on the sales and service side. Women can relate, and they're hugely successful. And um, on the corporate side, you know, it's we're there, and uh, I think it's getting better. We're seeing progress. If I can also just talk about one area that, and thank you for having Katrina Gentili on the show. That's fantastic. But automotive, she's a rock star. (laughs) She's amazing. Um, there's so many other women like Katrina too, and we've seen great progress there. Sharon Cardy, she's the first female editor of Car and Driver. She's been in that position since 2018. Jody Lai is the in-charge of editorial at autotrader.ca. Um, AJAC, the Automobile Journalist Associ- Association of Canada, has its first female president in Steph Walcraft. Uh, We've got Stephanie Chan in charge of editorial at Globe Drive, the Globe and and Mail's driving section. And then we have uh, Regina Chan, who started Canada's first automotive Chinese magazine. So, you know, I've seen great progress, great female faces rising up. Maybe it's not apparent all the time, but there's change happening, and it's really encouraging.
1: Well, you you certainly came prepared to this, Jen. You know, I, what I, these are my
8: people.
1: <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing is that Ken and I were, were having this conversation on air and off air early on this morning. That there is a there is a very specific trait that has uh, shown through every single one of our guests today, and is that let's go. Make it happen. That as assertive, you know, just run with it. And uh, yeah. you know, we were getting phone calls two hours before the interview just to make sure that the systems were actually wor- working. And uh, it's fascinating how you know that that decision, that that personal decision to make it happen, seems to ring true in every single person that has made it. On in the car industry, for that matter, whether it's in the corpor- corporate or the retail side. Now, folks, if you're just tuning into the show, uh, this is the Greg Asker Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show, and we we've had a an, an incredible lineup of guests today. And right now with us on air is Jen McCarthy. She is the head of product communication for Nissan Canada, and uh, I had a few more questions for you. We we just had Elias, uh, in the, you know, before the break, and you know, you you hold all the secrets you know all the new product you know you uh what is the, the the thing that you're most excited about that is coming down the pipeline from nissan canada
8: oh thank you for asking this question <laughs> it's got to be the zed um it's it's it means so much to nissan we revealed Zed proto a couple of weeks ago it's back sports cars are alive Yes, I know they're not for everybody, but as a company, as a brand differentiator, the Zed is everything. And the Zed has always stood for more than just a car. You know, it's not, it's it's an amazing sports car. It brings life into the brand. It's for the enthusiast. But you know, when when the Zed first came out, it was a statement for Nissan. It was. The Japanese company that, you know, gas at the time, we're here and we're serious and we can have fun and our engineering is incredible. And look at this fun car. It's amazing. And fast forward to today, you know, over 50 years later with this, Ed, what are we saying? We're saying, you know, Nissan is strong. Nissan is um, exciting. And we're playing true to our heritage. And I absolutely love it. The car is stunning. We were, we were messaging about this, Greg, during the reveal and looking at the pictures. I mean, it's just it's such an exciting time at nissan and there's a whole bunch of other products coming uh our employees were driving the rogue last week and just hearing um, their reaction that i need to you to it. speak
1: about it because it's a pretty yeah. big deal for the nissan rogue has been the best-selling nameplate for nissan canada for longer than i care to admit and uh, the brand new all new completely redesigned nissan rogue is landing in showrooms can you share a little bit about that
8: Sure, absolutely. I had the pleasure of driving that vehicle for eight days, a pre-production unit. And um, my son, actually, I think this is a good good representation of, of this vehicle. He's, he's seven years old. He's been around cars his whole life. He could care less, though. But when he got into the Rogue, he was like, oh, look at this, you know, the, the shade that I have in the back. And, you know, he's got his own climate control on the back. He can plug his tablet in. So there's a lot of little features in the back that are really catered to families. Um, we've got a whole new design. The structure of the vehicle is completely different. It feels different when you drive it. It feels different when you get in it. The interior is totally premium when you sit in the Rogue and and as simple as it sounds um, it's cool because it's just a very nice place to be it's very um, I wouldn't say opulent but like I said it's premium very small details fit and finish is spectacular we've just done a really good job with this one we have done justice to our number one seller for sure.
1: I am super happy the new Rogue is landing. I I, I apparently they passed the quality test in uh, in BC earlier than anticipated. So we should be seeing the all new redesigned Rogue in showrooms across the province and across the country within the next eight to ten days, which is just fascinating because the product is getting very 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 short. But I I want to bring this back to uh, you know to you Jen and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I, I can tell that this is your wheelhouse. I mean, talking to the media, uh, storytelling about your product, um, to put together interviews and and, and 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 earning media for the brand is what you do. if If you can communicate to women out there that are thinking about joining the car industry, what would you say?
8: I would say if you're looking for work that's meaningful and purposeful, but also a ton of fun, then join the auto industry because I think perhaps women, females, girls believe that, oh, I don't know about cars, I don't really understand horsepower, I don't know how an engine works, I don't care about going fast, but it doesn't matter. Um, Like I said, you know, we have to go back to representing the female customer, and women and men are different. We notice different things, we interact with vehicles differently, we like different things about vehicles so I would say, don't be afraid to join the industry because you're female. In fact, use that as an asset. Um, we represent the customer, and we need to be present in the decisions. We need to be present on the sales floor and on the service side to best serve our customers. And you know, you know, cars are everywhere. You can't leave the house without seeing a car. As we say, you know, the the automobile is the second biggest purchase most people will make in their lives. And it's really fulfilling to be in an industry that contributes to that. Your work has so much meaning for so many people. So that, for me, is really gratifying. And in terms of the journalists, you know, women wanting to learn more. And I think that's a- another reason why women are sort of apprehensive or don't even consider the industry is because they just don't have the knowledge and they're, and they're not sure. So, you know, the, I rattled off some female auto journalists before and editors. If you Google the stories, if you Google Canadian car reviews, it's a pleasure to read. I mean, it's not just for research. These are beautiful feature stories, very entertaining, very informative. And I think the more people know about cars, the, more, the less intimidated they will be. So that's my point. Don't be afraid and just find the resources and information you need to, to understand the business better.
1: And before I go for a break, do you have any final thoughts for the female listening audience of The Carrasco Show? Hmm final thoughts um, yes. don't be
8: afraid to be yourself <laughs> that's <laughs> what i would say you can bring something to the to the table as you are work hard and be yourself and just stay true to your instincts
1: and, you know, uh, th- everybody, this is uh, Jen McCarthy. She is the head of product communication for Nissan Canada. Uh, just like I said to everybody else that was on the show, Jen, you have an open invitation on the Carrasco show. So if you at any point want to communicate this to the largest automotive audience in the entire country, uh, you are free to come here. Just, you know, send me a text. Let me know that you're coming. And I will make sure that we have the time available to you so you can communicate whatever you need to do. Uh, oh, Jen, thank, thank you. you so much for Thanks, taking the time Greg. to join join the Carrasco show and uh, I'm sure that we'll be touching base during the week and uh, I hope you have an amazing amazing weekend thank you Jen
8: likewise thank you so much Greg this is really important stuff
1: thank you you know let's take a small break folks and uh, we're going to be right back with some final closing thoughts on today's show that has been absolutely amazing with all the um, all the rock stars have been on the show talking to us let's go for a small break we'll be right back pow
6: pow pow
1: that was a crazy show, Ken. Crazy. I am uh, super happy that uh, we had some amazing people on the show today. Petrina Gentile, Carly Fraser, Christy Fines, Francine Floriani, Karen O'Connell, Elias Al-Jahab, and Jen McCarthy. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much for adding some perspective into an industry that is so obscured and vilified and misunderstood. You know, we always fear what we don't know. That's my job, to provide some clarity, to provide some vision and transparency to an industry that is so obscure and has been that way for so long. You know, I always make it open for you. Call me. You have a question? You know, you ever wonder about something in the current industry? Just call me. I even give my home phone number here on the, on the show. Isn't that crazy? 905-467-0727. That's my actual home phone number. That's insane. But don't forget that if you want to talk to me in person, you need to come and visit me at the place in where I actually live right now. And that is Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. That is the home of the no commission salespeople and for the month of October. You buy any new vehicle that we have in stock at Oakville Nissan, and we will include winter tires and winter mats in an infinity. You can lease for 18 months a QX80 2020 for $599 semi-monthly with only $3,500 down. And folks, if you're still choosing to pay commission when you purchase a vehicle, you're leaving money on the table. At Oakville Nissan, we get the job done. You know why, Ken?
2: There's something There's some- happening here. <laughs>
1: you say it there's There's something something happening here
2: (laughs) here at OakvilleNissan.com that's amazing man thank you
1: folks I'll talk to you next Saturday thank you Ken